Welcome everyone to day two of the Chompcast Game of the Year celebrations. Uh, we are back. Uh, hopefully you've checked out the first day of our Game of the Year Magic in your podcast feed. If you haven't, go check it out. We split day one up into two episodes because it was like a four-hour recording session of madness and epicness. So don't miss that. But today is, well, this is it. Today we're counting down our top five games of the year for our final podcast of the year. Um now, I will get to sort of a, a brief explanation of how today's going to work with our top five categories in a second, but let's get to some quick introductions here. Joining me, as usual, my good friends, the crew of the Chompcast, ready to send this year off in style. Up first, the one and only from Texas, the Filipino Johnny Depp is here, the bane of my existence, and the Viagra to my soul, Anthony Fisher. How are you doing, my friend? Hola, senor. Hola, indeed. Um, it's true, Fish. You are the Viagra that arouses my very soul. How does that make you feel? That's a, that's the highest compliment one can receive in the world of podcasting, I think. It's true. It's true. It's a prestigious honor. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's um, anything higher than that, to be honest. Anything harder than that? Or hot, higher? High, gotcha. Both, gotcha. I would say, yeah. Yeah. With the Viagra metaphor, it kind of works, so mm-hmm. we, we can roll with that. Um. We are glad you're here today to finish off all this Game of the Year madness, my friend. Uh, up next, from Japan, of course, the one and the only, Professor Layton is here. How you doing, Shay? Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. And we got to give props to Shay. Everybody give Shay some claps. He stayed up till 4 a.m. busting his ass. I'll give Shay the clap. To- <laughs> everybody <laughs> give Shay the clap. <laughs> if he doesn't have it already. Um, Zambo. He, uh, and, <laughs> and I have so many kinds of clap you don't even know. I have the golf clap. I have the loud clap. I have the mm-hmm. slow clap. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz hands. That's a special yeah. kind of clap. Yeah. Whereas Morgan's just the master of one hand clapping. That's all you need, man. Oh. 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 Um, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, Shay stayed up really late to get the show up, got the first day split, and up on, in your podcast feed very quickly. So, you know, we want to be able to give our listeners these shows around New Year's if they're working or have a lot of free time with their families or whatever. So thank you, Shay. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. The um, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, the joke that I had written for you in my phone... Um, in honor of, of, of your great deed that, uh, <laughs> in this case that I have now already butchered was that I was just going to say, I was going to basically talk about how you, you know, helped us out there and got the show up last night. I was going to say, thanks for working so hard to get it up so fast. That's what she said. Um, thanks again, Shay. And <laughs> for up next and surely not last, um, our good friend, the proprietor of the worst twerking video of 2017, Joshua Fowler's here. How you doing, Josh? All right. I mean, it may have been the worst, but then again, the bar is set so high at this point. I mean, it's hard to feel shame at at that. Uh, I I wish the bar out. wasn't set so high. It's really difficult to get a drink from there. I'm too mm-hmm. short. Well, that and I mean, to even twerk over that yeah. bar at this point, you've got to be fairly tall. Yeah. And you're tall, That's but true. I mean, that makes sense. Why it's the worst? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, gotta... you just see the tops of each cheek jiggle up every now and then. Yes. Just... <laughs> it's like a kid peeking over the counter <laughs> looking for a piece of candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two two fleshy sunrises rising over the hills to start your day. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of sunrise, I'm glad you're here, Josh, to, as we, well, as the sun sets on 2017. So um, it's going to be a lot Ooh. of fun. Uh, and you know, we are, we're to some degree, it's been a weird day. I can tell you guys, of course, I'm here, your host from Montana, Morgan Barnes, of course. Um, a weird day for me, much like you guys, I'm sure I am. Mean, just stayed up really late last night recording up late editing and sending the show to each other. And then spent the whole, like slept most of the day, woke up eight and, uh, all of a sudden it was time to record again. Although funny ended old story that kicked us off to kind of warm you guys up. I'm not even kidding you. So me and my lady, we're, you know rolling around together and uh, trying to get some, you know, some love time in. And uh, so she, you know, slips under the covers and she's doing her thing. And I'm telling her about Game of the Year. I'm like, oh, so you wouldn't believe what won Best (laughs) Art Direction. And Pillow Talk. It's like Cuphead won. Oh, and we had this crazy good discussion about Mia from, and she was like, are you getting turned on by talking about your goddamn game of the year show? I'm like, you know what? I am. And then it was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, gameplay mechanic of the year. So it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all right until she started button mashing. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Kratos scene from God of War 1. Triangle, triangle. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's... <laughs> It's been one of those weird kind of days, but that's just how exciting this game of the year shit is. All right, but let's get right into it. Brief rules here. So the way this show works is we do our top five games of the year individually in sort of a round-robin situation. Um, and then at the end of the show, we try to make a consensus list for a top five Sword Chomp games of the year. Now, first off, I wanted to thank everyone who voted for the Listener Game of the Year Award um, on the Instagram page and the Twitter. Uh, we had just tons of activity and tons of votes and it's no surprise um edging out horizon which was a little bit of a surprise was the legend of zelda breath of the wild as voted by the listeners of the chomp cast so congratulations first dagger tooth of the night the listener award for breath of the wild i knew that one was gonna win i knew it and Congratulations, listeners. You made a good choice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to... So that kicks things off. The listeners have spoken, and the dagger tooth has been handed to Link as he continues wherever he, well, wherever his journey takes him. Um, so thank you to everyone who took the time to vote. We love you all for making, you know, uh, as far as the year goes, uh, giving us the inspiration to to make this all possible but that's that's gonna do it for um the i guess the warm-up here let's get right into it i'm gonna kind of like yesterday i'll try to throw it around to you guys and um to keep you on your toes and we will start counting down from five to one our favorite games of the year and then maybe afterwards we can talk about some of our runner-ups and stuff i don't want to talk about those first because they will give away some of the suspense and um we'll just get right into it so also i want to say i have a very special mathematical equation for toweling the games that win that i'm not going to talk to you guys about till later um but it's pretty cool and it's something that's used in a lot of uh 
Competitive sports. Is it adding? <laughs> it's, it adding? It's, it's addition. Add. Yeah, addition. Basic yeah. arithmetic. Addition. Okay. Basic All right. arithmetic. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want to give it away, but that's, if we need it, let's say the arguing gets really tense or we want to compare lists or whatever. I have a fun mathematical way of doing it as well. So let's get right into it. Bada bing, bada bing, bada bing. I have talked enough, so I will round up all of these lists um, as we go in round robin here. So starting off, number five, our favorite. Now again, these are our favorite games of the year. And then at the end, we're going to do what we think is sort of a mixture of our best games of the year. Um, I see Fish massaging his temples on the, the webcam, locking himself in. Here we go, Fish. Number five. What is your number five game of 2017? Number five, Resident Evil 7. Oh, okay. That's surprising. Surprising. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely, they changed up the series. They've, they've moved it in a direction that is not so shitty and actually goes back (laughs) to the original, I would say. Um. Yeah, it's I. I definitely like their. the The first two hours of that game are probably my favorite. Um, then eventually, like that Capcom type of feel of the game, uh, as far as like inventory management, like you're you're managing your weapons and stuff inside of a little backpack of yours. Like that mm-hmm. stuff, like that stuff started to wear on me. I was like, "Oh, we're back to this type of system." Like, it, they had something kind of so stuff. going so good for it at the beginning, and you you weren't really managing a backpack. It's like choosing between, "Oh, should I take my shotgun with me, or do I take my gun, or do I take this flamethrower in this area?" Like, it, I I don't like that fact that they did that. So is it just, yeah, you'd rather just have, be able to carry as many weapons as you want, or is it just like you prefer the beginning of the game where it's more, almost Silent Hills-esque, uh, more about exploration, less about yeah inventory management, yeah. Yeah, more about the exploration, letting the, the world kind of build the suspense for you instead of the suspense being, oh, should I bring these shotguns with me? Like, yeah, they did such a great job of opening up that game, it... Uh, it, it's so much different than five and six as far as um, storytelling goes, and I like that. Oh, yeah. it, it's much more of an intimate type of thing. Going to just a small location, not necessarily small, but it just feels like it's not some open expanse that you're just wandering through. You're not wandering down corridors or just little chunks of yeah. areas that don't. It, it's more intimate fit. and memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, did, that's. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to recognize them for moving into the first person um, with that game, and um, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. I think they're they're making uh, it, it's a work in progress. I think I'm, I'm more uh, I'm anticipating um, the next installment in this series more than I have in since you know resident evil 4 Um, yeah yeah so every time they switch the series up drastically like uh four and seven it just yields such incredible results because they're basically changing everything that resident evil was um but i you know fish i'm with you i just worried that you know they're gonna fuck it up 
I think that seven, we might look back and say seven was incredible. I think that they might, if the Not a Hero DLC is any indication, they might just move more into that, you know, those Resident Evil trappings. So that's what they do. I mean, look how great four was, and then five was meh, and then six was fucking utter garbage. Um, So they went from one of the greatest games of all time with four to utter garbage in two games. So I'm with you 100%, though, but just don't trust them. Well, I think that. Yeah, definitely they want to take care of that franchise because it is a big franchise. It's a well-known franchise. It's been around for quite some time. I think it's one of Capcom's more popular and more followed franchises, and they've had the most Mm -hmm. success with it. And yeah, yeah, for them to definitely change up stuff from 6 to 7 shows that they they are caring. Um, I just hope that they, they do a bit more. Um, listening to the community and maybe come up with some um, new mechanics in the next one that um, uh, kind of build upon what they've laid down in seven. Yeah. And they really built this game from the inside out for VR two, which we can talk about later. Um, yeah. Great choice. I very much agree with you on that one. My good sir. Uh, Resident Evil seven for fish. Lands at number five. I mean, I'm just going to go in order that I see you guys on my webcam. Otherwise, my brain's going to break, and I don't need that tonight. Josh is next up on the on the webcam. What do you got, Josh? What What is your number five game of 2017? This is rough, and I, we already mentioned that we're going to mm-hmm. get into runners-up. Later. At, later. So I'm not going to go into that now. We're just going to go straight to five, which is Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. I did hmm. play some Hollow Knight. Tell me why. Hollow Knight I can, is I can see that. such a good take on the Metroidvania games. It is it's it has taken a lot, a lot of what has been learned in the last few years in the mm-hmm. the three D versions of that genre and taken them back to two D, um, which feels so good. Feels so good. It's the first two D Metroidvania that is just had tense combat the way the soul series has taken that um yeah and it just it feel it's a it's it is what i've wanted out of metroidvania for a long long time and it's the first time i've actually gotten it um i mean especially after playing the remake of metroid 2 that came out this summer um, <sighs> disappointing which yeah. was yeah it was just s- severely disappointing um hollow knight has been an amazing surprise cuz i was not particularly looking forward to it um before it came out but yeah it was kind I've, of an unknown thing it wasn't, yeah, like, it wasn't yeah. a lot of people's radars yeah and it, it just it came out of nowhere and it has been just a one of my favorite games this year it is great yeah dark souls-esque um i got some thoughts on it that i can save for later but i did play an hour and a half of it and i totally see what you're talking about um especially if the vibe and the art style of that game works for you then you are and like we said metroid samus returns came out this year and they just played it kind of safe with a remake and that's what i hate about a lot of these um even nintendo sometimes it, it takes a, a smaller company now metroidvanias have kind of been beaten to death by indie developers over the past couple of years um but hollow knight was able to stand out even in that crowded field because uh it was so good so yeah um and, and weirdly enough, Hollow Knight did not win any... I mean, it must have been an overall package game for you because Hollow Knight didn't win any of your individual categories. Yeah, it was runner-up on a few with art okay. style and sound design and, and music. 
it did really well okay. on all those, but didn't quite edge out any of the others because there was just a lot of great options. Yeah, that happens. I've had game. Yeah, yeah. I remember the year that Catherine won for me in 2011. It didn't win, I don't think, any category for me. I'd have to go back and check. But it was like runner-up and everything, and it was sort of like mm-hmm. a cu- cumulative package kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Hollow Knight, Josh, number five. Uh, Shay, what do you have, my good friend, at number five? Yeah, so <clears throat> as Josh said, it was fairly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, this number five slot was particularly difficult for me, but it went to Sonic Mania. Um, as my number five choice, that game was a great return to form. Um, Sonic Generations back in 2011 was a great game, yeah. and I felt like they kind of they kind of realized they needed to go back to that return to form and make a game that the fans really loved. And they took some of the level, the previous levels, and they infused it with brand new um content they revamped the music they put some brand new levels in there's so much packed into that game and i think Mm -hmm. it really it really showed that they worked effort uh, i won't say effortlessly but they worked really hard to make this game one for the fans one that the fans would be proud of so i'm really i was really pleased with it i as you guys know i played it for um many hours I, I played through it two times and i want to go through it again a third time um it's it's just a great game all around and i'm I'm very happy with the product that they made and the fact that it turned out better than i expected what what is the one thing you think that will stay with you the longest when you think about your memories of sonic mania personally for you i think just that even though it's some people may consider it like an archaic game almost because of that formula mm-hmm. that it it had almost a modern feel to it despite it being a how how would I describe it a return to a form of 20 years ago it still felt slightly modern or modernized but um I understand some people like Josh had the issue of like the mechanics do still feel a little archaic it being as old of a game as it is. So mm-hmm. I, I overall I, think, I didn't feel I, I didn't feel that fatigue, but I can understand other people feeling it. I, I think the issue isn't necessarily with them being dated. I think the issue is that Sonic plays in a very unique way. Like I don't think that if people ever really liked Sonic are going to still they're still going to hate Sonic because it's there's not a lot of platformers that play with some of the strange momentum things that Sonic does and sort of the mechanic of just needing at least one ring to survive um I don't necessarily I mean I agree with you it is it is nostalgic and retro but I feel like the reasons that we've fought about it so much on the podcast were not that I feel like it was because they just fish and Josh just didn't like what it did yeah uh-huh. yeah that's yeah. fair that's fair and that's okay yeah. that's okay um, I, I loved it yeah. as well. And, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we can talk more about it maybe later, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's a great choice. Number five for Shay, Sonic Mania. Great choice. See Sonic getting a lot of love this year. May never happen again, so we have to enjoy it while we can. It's true. It's true. <sighs> very, very sad reality. Um, so my number five is... 
a game that for sure had to make my list no matter what. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I Well, Fish is giving me a crazy look on the webcam. What, what does that look for? Uh, uh, why is that so low on your list? Oh my gosh. I don't want to, I don't want to hint at what, you know, my list looks like, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Morgan. That's so low. I'm curious now what else is on that list. Uh, yeah, it's a very particular list. Well, th- here's the thing. I think Zelda is incredible. And I think in many ways, people say it's a masterpiece. Um, I think it might be a masterpiece, I think the only reason to answer your uh, question, Fish, that it kind of fell for me on my list is that a lot of the things that it did were not enjoyable for me and, like, my personal tastes. Um, For example, I've talked about this. I've argued with this before a million times with Josh, but the weapon durability in the game uh, is something I grew to appreciate. Don't like it. I don't like the fact that when you finally get your Master Sword use it for a little bit and then you have to wait 10 minutes to use it again it has to charge it has fucking batteries there's uh little things in the game with the survival mechanics like the rain and stuff like that like overall everything in the game works to a perfect cohesion i just did not enjoy a lot of those elements but the art direction is incredible it's the best looking zelda game for me since wind waker like they really struggled with that too twilight princess was ugly as shit um skyward sword was held back by the limitations of the wii um Mm. But Breath of the Wild just looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like Skyward Sword should have been gorgeous, but they just didn't have the pixels to make it gorgeous. Like, the art style they were going for there. Like that watercolor kind of thing? Yeah, that could have been gorgeous if it was on a more powerful console. It really Mm could have been, but, yeah. Hopefully they remaster it then. I would love to see that one remastered. Uh, hopefully with a few things without the kinda, waggle controls too yeah no waggle. yeah hopefully with a few things to kind of yeah help out some of its weeness so. <laughs> it's weeness gotta mm-hmm. get that weeness out of there mm-hmm. um so anyways um i'm trying to briefly look at my my things that for, with all of my games that were like important to me like headlines for each of these games like for the industry and for myself and my big one with zelda was that they're basically pushing the boundaries of the open world genre and i think that's important um and even though the game did a lot of things that weren't necessarily my cup of tea i still was just blown away by the achievement of the game how impressive it was um i don't give a shit what people say i think the dungeons are incredible and uh, the game's gorgeous, and it plays well. I mean, it's pretty similar to any Zelda game you played before. All the shrines, a bunch of little portal puzzles in the game were a, a lot of fun. Once I got the Master Sword and I had all the hearts, I didn't really feel a need to go dig any more shrines out, but while I was doing it, I had a good time. So overall, um, my favorite Zelda games to date are still Wind Waker 1, Majora's Mask 2, and then Breath of the Wild will be 3 on that list, but I definitely would not leave it off my top 5. So hopefully that clears it up a little bit for you fish mm. sounds like a bit of nostalgia in those games i huh i wouldn't compare huh. like it's about like the older zelda games yeah yeah well i wouldn't go ahead go ahead speak, yeah, a, put speak, in those, speak your truth put in those games against you know a more recent title i feel like zelda i don't know I'll speak my piece whenever I come across when we, uh, Zelda. When we argue list. about it later. Well, yeah, I yeah. would just say this. To your point, I'm not comparing those games to Zelda now. I'm comparing the impact I had at the time. 
Like the okay. impact that Wind Waker had on me back in 2003 or whatever, and the impact that Majora's Mask had on me the year it came out compared to the impact this had. I'm not comparing them year to year. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. Good question, though. Good question, though. Still think it's incredible. It's my number five. Um, going around, Robin, here. Uh, Fisher up next, my good friend. Number four, game of the year. Ah, this is this is tough. For, the fourth slot was where most of my debate was for me. Um, eventually, though, I had to go with something that um, Sonic Mania. No, play, <laughs> Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Okay, Player Unknown makes its first appearance. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that game. It's just an interesting concept. Um, I'm. I mean. There had to have been games before it that allowed a hundred players to play, you know, against each other in a free for all. There had to have been, but that I, I guess Mag, Mag was a close one for the PS3. Ugh, that was a quite a, yeah, yeah, those first person shooters. But Player Unknowns like struck a balance where it 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 was thirty bucks when it came out. It came out on uh, early access. Um, so it it still had its bugs and it wasn't running um, optimally um, into the mm-hmm. state. I don't think it runs as good as it should. Um, I have a good computer and I can't even run it. Yeah, yeah so. it, it's a bit tough to actually play that at optimum settings. But that aside, the game, the concept of having 100 players drop in from plane, um, parachuting in, and as you come down, you can see... Uh, other players around you slowly yeah. descending down into the battlefield um via parachute or i guess paragliders actually because you're kind of <laughs> paraglider comes up again yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah that that game is just it's interesting like they the the cool mechanic about that game is that they force the players into constricted areas as a as a match goes on and yeah. that tightening um keeps keeps the it, it keeps the the pace of those matches at at like at a pace that you would have with like say a round of Overwatch where it's you're constantly doing something. Um and player unknowns has that but it's a much more bigger arena so you feel open to uh the world and at, at any moment you can be sniped from somebody or you can open up a door and some guy will be sitting there with a shotgun. Um, Somebody's laying in a bathtub and they jump out and shoot you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like they they do a great job with the sound design in that game as well, I think. Yeah. Um as far as like you, you could hear a gunshot off in the distance and you're like, oh shit, somebody's getting fucking murdered. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you you get Because you get one bullets. life. If you die, your round's over, you know? It's, exactly, yeah. You it's it's a hundred players free for all. You, 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 you just, you get to see all these players leaving the, uh, the, uh, server because one by one they're picked off until, you know, the last bit of few are left and the, the player zone is constricted by a circle on there. And if you're not in that circle, you're, you're practically dead. Um, which is smart because if you have a map that big and you're not forcing players to funnel toward the middle, then it's just going to take forever to finish exactly uh, yeah. yeah it, it kind of cuts out people from camping you know i mean yeah. you kind of camp mm. 
Depending uh, on where you drop into the map, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Some people like to, you know, just jump right into the fray and try and get some kills right off the bat. Um, other mm -hmm. people, like when I first started playing, I wanted to be more of a survivalist type of person and just, like, collect as much stuff as I could. And then when the time comes, you know, uh, I would be ready. But a lot of times I'm not because I, I, you just don't have the experience of killing somebody else. Um, in that game, and it, it's kind of a standard first-person shooter, but yeah. um, I played it in third-person, which I think is probably the best way to play that game because you, know, you can peek around corners and stuff like you that. See more but... your surroundings and stuff. That was a fun. That game lit up the world like a phenomenon just for people on Twitch and watching. It didn't really take over the Chompcast world like a phenomenon for whatever reason. Like Fish got into mm -hmm. it. Um, I kind of realized it wasn't for me, uh, but I watched Fish play a couple times. And it was a lot of fun watching fish uh get into these high stake um shootouts and stuff but um yeah it, it didn't really take over us as much as it seemed to take over the world but this game was a phenomenon mm -hmm. yeah it just blew up which which uh i, I think it just kept for an open access game like selling a million million copies within like i think the first month or so yeah yeah i mean that that's insane and it yeah, is the, insane, yeah. The the Twitch community definitely took that game and ran with it and a lot of people uh just I, I think they enjoyed it because it, it did have the a pretty solid uh game mechanics there and a nice premise to it. Um that just was, was embraced by the Twitch community and just made it more, that more popular. Yeah, great game to watch and it had it was concept over in some ways pure execution because it was kind of rough around the edges. Like you said, it wasn't optimized mm -hmm. well, not a pretty yeah. game. It was concept winning. I I'm just saddened that none of the big developers jumped on that train. Can you imagine if the if Call of Duty had done it first or one of the games that actually plays well had done it? Um that would have been incredible. I mean, that would have been incredible. Oh, yeah. I'd love to play a, a game that plays like Call of Duty but is that concept and it's a lot more unique. You know what I mean? Like one big map that Call of Duty spent an entire year making instead of another lame five-hour campaign. So, but they didn't because yeah. a lot of the innovation comes from outside. I won't say outside the industry, but um, definitely not in the the most main, mainstream corporate churning parts of it. So, Right, right. Yeah, that, okay, good choice. I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you have something else you want to say? I don't know. Good choice. Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Number four for fish. Josh is next on the docket. What do you got for number four, Josh? Ugh, two, three, and four were tough for me. Like I kind of uh -huh. knew what barely hung in there and my favorite game of the year, but two, three, and four <laughs> are all, they're all really one through five are all super close. Um, it's true. They were, they were good this year. Um, number four, however, is Super Mario Odyssey. Hmm, okay, Mario Odyssey makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love, love this game. It is um it's it's so well done. It's 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 another it's I've mentioned this years ago and then again recently about how a lot of my issues of things that have stuck around in that series for forever that have mm -hmm. exactly zero purpose anymore. Like lives and stuff like that? Lives, stuff... It's, there's tons of stuff that's been stuck in that series with no purpose for forever, and they've finally taken a look at it again. Um, 
and because of that, Super Mario Odyssey is just amazingly well done. Um, the main campaign, just getting through the story, mm-hmm. fairly easy. You can anybody yeah. can do that. Anybody's kid can do that. You just pick it up, play through the story. It's not an issue. Um, but there is so much extra stuff to do in this game. Um, that requires a lot, lot out of you as far as platforming goes. And yeah. they just, they do such a good job. And like the end game always content. giving you something. Yeah. Yeah. Just always giving you something to go and do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is a great game. One of my favorites this year and for a few years, just great. It, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that. It was the first Mario game I think I finished in a long time. Uh, I didn't really get into the end game stuff as much as you did, but yeah, I mean, it was like I said before when Rich was on the show, it was kind of like Mario's like game design porn, uh, as in because you can just see the game design so clearly. I mean, a lot of people I listen to on podcasts are like, you don't even think about the fact that your line of sight is, oh, there's a, there's a, uh, what do they call? I'm sorry. A moon there, and you go to get that, and oh, you see this waterfall, so you slid down. Oh, and here's an like they like the game design is so it, it's like so brilliantly done, you don't even realize it. And it's like no, I have the opposite effect. It's so brilliantly done that I can't stop seeing it. <laughs> like I I see mm-hmm. it all bare before me, and I think that's cool. But um, very joyous, very happy. It feels like Christmas morning when you're playing a Mario game. So yeah. Um, and they I like that they incorporated that fun mechanic of uh. That everything game where you could basically turn into anything in the world was such a cool idea. And they were like, oh, how can we make Mario better? Well, what if he could just turn into pretty much anything, almost anything in his world, and then you could play that for a little while so you didn't get bored of jumping around as Mario? So that's a, a very brilliant choice as well for them. So, Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a zipper, you know? Who, yeah, who, <laughs> who hasn't thought about that? I want to be your zipper, Fish. Oh, I know. Get in line. <laughs> get in line um yeah well, Mario's a it's a great game great game we'll see if it comes up anywhere else later on mm-hmm. alright so we got Mario down here for Josh at number four uh number four for Shay okay number four was Horizon Zero Dawn for me okay um, okay this, this game Starts off so wonderful. The intro is great. Um, and you you get introduced to this brand new character, Aloy or Alloy. I can never pronounce her name. I can never remember. Is it Aloy or Alloy? It's Aloy. Aloy, I thought so. Okay, it's so you get introduced Alloy, to this brand- but Yeah, since it's yeah. post-apocalyptic, there are several words that they just somehow know but all mispronounce as a group. <laughs> that's fair which is kind of their that's thing fair. yeah huh? that's their thing yeah. okay so you play as this character named Aloy and she's this um this basically this female character that you grow you grow with um she is basically fighting for her her camp and her family and this whole world opens up and it is just breathtakingly beautiful and it has these cool vibes in it because it has this very cool, like far cry, far cry primal vibe mixed with a mass effect vibe. Almost. It just, it has like these two different worlds kind of competing with each other. And it's like this man versus nature dichotomy 
going against each other. And that's that's yeah. what this story is about. It's actually very reminiscent of a game that um, we all loved called Flower from that game company back in the day. It's Except it's like obviously different gameplay style. But that man versus nature, or yes, that man versus nature is a very retreaded concept, but it mm-hmm. feels fresh in this game. I I absolutely love my time playing it. Uh, the mechanics are awesome. What you can do, how you can interact with the world is great. The combat is solid. It's not flawless, but it is definitely solid. The way you can sneak around in this game is great. You can approach it in different ways, and it all feels natural. Um, my, my shortcomings with the game, um, where it started to lose steam, um, as we talked about yesterday... There isn't really a fast travel mechanism that um, makes the game feel good in certain lull spots. Like at certain times, for me personally, mm. it felt like the game was a little bit too open for its own good. There's fast and travel. There's you can go to the there, no. No, I didn't say there wasn't. I just said that I didn't say there wasn't fast travel. I said that it doesn't make up for some of those lull spots is what I meant. I should have oh, worded that Oh, so you're saying better. there's, like, broad areas of, like, where there's not really much there, but just pretty nature, not a lot to do necessarily. Exactly, okay. exactly. And and um, Breath of the Wild didn't make my list just because I didn't play enough of it this year, but I've also heard Breath of the Wild kind of suffered from that from time to time where it's just there's so much open area and not much to do. Um, I've, I, I felt that a little bit here and there personally with Horizon Zero Dawn and the story, while it is very interesting, um, just basically the way I played it. And this is to my own fault. This isn't the game's fault. There are so many Mm -hmm. side missions that I kind of lost track of what I was doing in the main story. (laughs) Again, that's not the game's fault. That is my own fault (laughs) because that's the way I play games and maybe... Mm. Maybe this game is one of those games where you need to play the full main story and then come to the side missions. I sadly didn't have time to um, put into the DLC, though I really want to here in the near future. So overall, I think it's a really good game. I think it is a strong brand new IP for Sony, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next with this series, whether... This is just a one-off, and they just add a few more DLCs and call it good, or they expand upon this series. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, it's a good transition because Horizon's also my number four, um, and it's something when I sat there and thought a lot about the game. If you remember, Shay, if you go back and listen to the podcast and some of our listeners who maybe are new to us, uh, Shay yelled at me for a long time because I was being very mean Horizon. Um, And then I ended up like really turning around on the game and falling in love with it. Uh, And then sort of the end of the game soured me a little bit. Um, For me, the beginning of the game, I did not get as as attached to the characters, the dialogue or anything as much as you and other people did. For me, once they set me free about six or seven hours in the game or whatever it was, and I could just go wherever I wanted, that's when the game started clicking for me. Um, And the big... Yes, yes. That's when it really picks up. Yeah, I just love that freedom. Now, I because I didn't care much for the narrative in the game, not like I think the concepts and the in the story are really fascinating. Like learning about that world and everything that happened is is 
super interesting. But most of the story missions, to be honest with you, as far as my critical eye is concerned, boil down to go to point A, shoot a bunch of humans with your bow, kill a robot, rinse and repeat. Like I, it was mm-hmm. like that for almost more than half of the story, if not more. And until I finally got burnt out after, I mean, God knows how long uh, playing the story and. That's disappointing because when you're taking down these giant epic machines, these fucking huge machine crocodile battles that you're having or these climbing these tall long necks and slinger, there's nothing less um, dramatic than, than shooting a human with a bow after that. Yeah, especially Horizons humans because that is just super. the dumb. most disappointing thing in the game is every time you come across a human, human <laughs> enemies. Yeah. That's true. That's the truth. That is the other big problem with that game. And that and that's something they can fix, and I hope they do. So overall, the story didn't connect with me because I just wasn't the story itself. It was how it was executed. I hope they do better. Mm-hmm. And like you guys are saying, the world is not as creative as, as uh, Zelda, but it's beautiful. Like I wrote down here, my bullet points for Horizon at number four are: it was a new IP. Which I want to give. That's why it bumped ahead of Zelda in my book. Is not. Like, I don't want to get into, like, the schematics of how I made my list, but it's new. And there need, I want more new IPs that are successful. And two, it's a technical powerhouse. This game is the best-looking console game I've ever played, hands down. The best-looking console game. I think it looks better than Wolfenstein, Uncharted, everything. That, and that's my opinion. And um, I will die on that horse. But I, those are the two biggest reasons why... It, it crossed Zelda for me. But the biggest thing I wanted to emphasize was not just because I got lost in fighting those gorgeous machines every, um, and, and seeing how cool they looked and learning how to take them down piece by piece and looting them. There was a mild loot system in the game, which added a, a small level of addiction, you know, getting uh, little upgrades for your, your equipment and whatnot. Um, but, like, the game felt good. I said this on our podcast. It's one of the best feeling games I've played in years. Like, they nailed the feel of Alloy. Like, the way she crouches, the way she... It, even whenever you upgrade her weapons, the way she slap. Like, I got to the point where I could slap one of those, like, saber claw things. Those giant tiger robots. I could literally slap them with my sword in one hit and they would roll across the ground. And, like, once the upgrade trees... It's a very simple loop. But it's perfectly executed. Um... And I appreciate that. So not necessarily anything revolutionary, but just super well done, super fun, super polished. And it just feels good. And if you're a gamer, you know what it's like when you say a game feels good to play. It's got that feel. And feel is important to me. But I I emphasized it on my list because it's a new IP. And it's the best looking game on consoles I've ever seen from a technical standpoint. Um and those things are important to me. So hopefully next time they fix the characters and the dialogue and the, and the story execution, because um, those things were problematic for me. So that's fair. And uh, I I, I agree ahead. with most of that stuff, uh, Morgan. Like it, it didn't make my list, but yeah, it is a very beautiful game. Um, but unlike both of you, I thought the first like five six hours of the story that was being told in that game was more of the the better stuff in that game. Once they did finally release me into the wild, like all I felt like I was doing was just killing these uh, different bees and coming across new ones. And then after a while, that kind of grew tiresome to me to the point where I was like, eh, I'm just collecting parts off of these. Like, what else is there to do besides, you know, you mean you got up- tired of slaughtering mechanical cows? 
Yeah, and... I can't believe you, Fish. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, there's... But, I mean... Eventually, like, you'll get tired of it, Josh. It, it, it becomes to, to the point where you're just killing them, it, and yeah. you know exactly what to do <sighs> against them. It gets kind of tiresome, um, and you learn their habits. Um, and I just, like, I remember, like, that first, like, five hours of story, like... Eventually, like, you have this, um, I forgot what it was, but she was, like, in some sort of contest, um, to... Like a trial of the rights or something yeah. weird like that? Yeah. trial. It, it was some sort of trial, and she's going up against other people, and then they, they get, like, this, uh, the town gets attacked by this other tribe, and, um, it ends up with, like, this big fucking, uh, robot busting through the front gates, and, like, you have this epic battle A fucking against, robot. I forgot what it was. was yeah, it, it was, like, it was, was it like a I want to play that team? Horizon Zero Dawn. No, it was like one of those death robot claw things. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was like yeah, a big, it was like yeah. one of the mini T-Rexes or something. Spider-y, yeah, it was, yeah, just one of the enemy things. It wasn't one of the ones that populates the world. It was one of the enemy robots. Yeah, but I, I like that they give that, they, they put some story behind that and like, instead of you just going out there and hunting them, like it's actually a part of the story of them. Hey, you're, you're fighting a boss. It gives them a little How bit more meaning. How is it different than Destiny, though? Like, Destiny does the same thing. It's the same loop. You just go out and shoot things and pick up new guns over and over again. Like, once you get into mm-hmm. the loop of Horizon, I'm telling you, man, once you go out there and see all the beasts, they get crazier and crazier, and, like, you find, like, crazy interesting upgrades for your weapons. And, and yeah. once you go down that hole, man, I'm telling you, it's it's just as good. No, I, I definitely like the weapons in the game and the, the skill tree that you could go down like I, I love the variations of what you could go down as far as like being a stealthy type or upgrading your bow on to do insane amounts of damage against these uh robots but yeah uh, i think that's a poor uh comparison because destiny what destiny has going for it is multiplayer uh, online experience and it's it's still a, kind of the same loop there but well, why not just stick to the this... story in horizon there is a a a strong story didn't do much for me but there's a lot of story there if you mm-hmm. wanted to you don't have to just go yeah out. and that's what i'm saying like the the first five hours i was addicted to it but once they turned me loose i that's when i lost interest as far as like hmm. oh i have to travel all the way over here and all of a sudden i'm getting like these different things that like they had some sort of uh sun trial whatever and like that's when like the open world just like felt kind of empty to me and felt more like a checklist type of thing well if you are only doing the main story once you get to that point it takes twice as long three times as long to get to the next main story point Mm -hmm. which it's it's not the way they intended you to play it but if that's what you're attempting to do yeah yeah it's going to really slow down at that point. Yeah, you meet the mutton chop guy and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you, maybe you just didn't, maybe, and that's fair. I mean, you didn't enjoy the systems quite as much maybe as I did, or I was surprised as much as I did. But once I got into it, like, and they're telling me, oh, go find this piece from these creatures. And, and just the beauty of the game helped me fish, I think. Like, when I was stalking these big, weird, bug-like machines in this tropical rainforest and all the different areas of the game just looked so gorgeous. Like, the visual aesthetic of it really just enhanced that somewhat simple yet addictive combat loop. Yeah. Yeah, but- it's a beautiful game. Definitely. Uh, I'm not going to knock it for that. Mm. It's Goddamn right very gorgeous. Technically, it's 
out of this world. Like, Guerrilla Games did a phenomenal job with this. Uh, and, so you agree, it's the best-looking console game you've ever seen? Um, from a technical standpoint. I want to say technical. its art direction technical. is the best. Technical. Mm-hmm. Yes, all right, that's two. Fish agrees. No, it's really not, but... Sure. What's, what would you say? What would you say is more technically impressive than Uncharted Four looked much better last year? The humans much. did. The, uh... I actually agree with Josh. I think that the environments in Uncharted Four looked much better. No, and yeah, much more beautiful. No. I think they did. I think the environment this, was much more beautiful. Good. It still looked good. It's not an ugly game by any means, well, but of course not. You're. I don't think you're remembering it quite as. Oh, I well, remember. You think. The detail, yeah. you can look at every inch of those alligators, and they are just fucking cool looking, Josh. God damn it. Um, I'm telling that you. That doesn't make the overall game better, though. I think that... I think that the way that the, the vegetation... Yeah. I don't think you guys played on this. I played plenty of it. All right. We, we'll agree plenty to disagree. Too. I played... I put over 40 hours in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, Fish is right. You guys are wrong. That's the way it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> rarely ever say that those words don't come out of my mouth very often um so horizon takes number four for me and shay number three fish oh number three um i'm sad it's so low on this list i wish i could go higher but yeah Uh the other two games Uh um number three for me ended up being what remains of edith finch oh yeah Like, I I really didn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like, I ended up playing this game literally at the last minute before we actually had a podcast on it. And, like, the night before. Um, But the whole time, like, I heard people talk about it a little bit. Like, saying, wow, you gotta experience this game. I was like, eh, it doesn't sound like a game that I would be interested in. Like short stories that you play through, I didn't never really looked into like any trailers on it or um, gameplay of it. Um, but I, I think that kind of helped with not setting any any precedent or expectations, any ex- yeah. expectations for that game for me, and me just kind of going into it um, well. Uh, free of any uh, opinions over it uh, really helped that game and helped me kind of enjoy it Um, not necessarily more than I should but the fact that it was just like a genuinely surprise surprise yeah yeah Short game too. You sat down in the evening and beat it, which is nice for your busy life. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, it felt great. Like to beat a game in one night and have that type of experience. Like, like I felt like that was that's what gaming should be at at this point, at least for me, well, with sometimes. my busy life. Sometimes, yeah. Well, yeah, I play Zelda and I'm addicted as fuck to that game. But <laughs> I, I enjoy these short little games that are just kind of get you in run you through everything that they want to show you execute mm-hmm. so well on all of it and then you're done you're left mm-hmm. with the experience and they they do it so perfectly all those short stories were just interesting like the finch's house and like just like each short story like it it, it has a different feel because it's a different person of the family and mm-hmm. like 
no no one person's the same like there's even though they're a family like you, you can kind of see how their relationship is but they're no normal family like they they like Edith Finch's mom was definitely like the one who's like you think about her it's like man why is she why is she trying to keep her daughter away from all this terrible stuff like she eventually needs to know um and like it but there's still clues that Edith Finch finds throughout the house um and like it it's very tragic like each one ends in like almost like a greek type of tragedy in a way that's just like it's so saddening um but it's also like beautiful in a way that uh just it's, it's like sad poetic. and uplifting at the same time in a strange way yeah 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 and i enjoyed every second of that game like really it, every second even yes, when you were controlling yeah. the cat and you had to jump around with those clunky ass cat controls, they what, weren't you clunky mean for walk me. Walk in the direction you want to go. Mm. I mean, literally, you were just yeah chasing a bird through the trees. Oh like you can't think like a cat for a second there, Morgan, and let your childlike wonder just go into a cat. Uh, it was. I had a lot of issues with the execution. You talk, uh, you talk about clunky controls after talking about sound like wonder going to a cat. Uh, yeah, I mean, but well, we can fight about that later. I don't need to argue about it now. This is a, this is a time of love right now. This is the love time. You're the one. You're the one who opened it up. I know. You're the one who said the controls were clunky, so you opened it up. I know. I know. All right. I think those controls were spot on. I'm closing the kit. Needed to be. Closing the cannery can? <laughs> I'm closing the can of complaints for now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, that game. And I the moments, all... I will get, like, the moment, of the best moment of the year that won for us, um, for me, was definitely a highlight. I mean, it's such a powerful thing. And the message at the end of that game, I thought, was simple but elegant, you know, about how that the child was going to be born into the world, and she was saying, look, don't get caught up in how much time you have here. Just make sure you enjoy and appreciate the time that you have. And don't focus so much on when is this all going to end and this family curse and just appreciating life. And I, I appreciated that. Definitely, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As the baby came out of the birth canal. Um. All right, fish. So sad. <laughs> so sad. Maybe that baby will break break the mold somehow. Uh, it's all about hope. But. Uh okay, Edith Finch takes Fish's number three spot. Did not expect that. Um, all right, Josh, you're next. Number three, my friend. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Number three on my list was what remains of Edith Finch as well. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes, it was that that game. I I I loved it. Loved it. Um, I mean, basically. We're, we're we're doing spoilers at this point since you already mentioned the whole yeah. birth canal scene, mm-hmm. which was unique as far as that goes. But I mean, like you like you mentioned, the whole point of the game. It's interesting. Like, oh no, all of our family members die in strange ways. Everybody dies. Like, it's just the whole thing was about point of views. Like, you're changing point of views to all these different characters, seeing how they saw themselves, seeing how they view themselves in relationship to this family in relationship to this curse that has been foisted upon them. Um, and, and in the end you kind of get this feeling like, well, yeah, you're going to die. That's, 
the, the whole point is like, this is the human condition. You're going to die. So what? Just live your life. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. really, really well done the way they get that point across. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Was it implied um, she died during childbirth? I don't remember. Thumb. It's not implied. It is strictly said she, she dies died. during okay, childbirth. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which sucks. Oh, I mean, that's 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 a bummer. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm finally going to get to see my beautiful child. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this the whole the whole game is so well done. And we didn't really bring it up because I kind of. In my mind, in my mind, the house is almost the best character of the year. Just the house itself. It feels so alive. Like, it's it's not a character, yes. so I didn't want to argue yeah. that. It would have been a fun answer, we but I, I, hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just the that house feels... It's no BJ it Blaskowitz, so much, sure. so much personality. So much life in it. It's just, it's amazing. I um, know. Like, you look at the kids of one of the generations. Um, I think it's Edith Finch's mother's um, siblings mm-hmm. that she had. Uh, under her father mm-hmm. um their father was i think ex-military and the way their room was set up you could definitely tell that is uh, the military background in this father was imposed on these kids to the point where like you see on a chalkboard uh i forgot their names but so and so mow the lawn so and so does the laundry you know yeah and then the baby child stuff. yeah yeah, like, I, it, it all just, it, it, they bring up so much life into these characters through that house, and, you know, like, that's a good point, Josh, like, yeah, that house definitely tells a tale of this family in such a great way, because it's so detailed, and there's, they, they there's, like, a, a certain amount of um, criticalness uh, as far as making sure each piece of furniture or um, item left on a desk it has a meaning instead of mm-hmm. just being fodder right there yeah yeah absolutely yeah, i think the key words that we're dancing around are just environmental storytelling um which is everything in this game yeah all right good yeah. choice josh that's fair um edith finch was your number three as well Mm-hmm. All right, I uh well that's gonna be a fun one to talk about later for sure. Um sort of the inside of twenty seventeen. Um all right, Shay, what's your number three, my good friend? My number three is what remains of Edith Finch. Oh my god. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Yeah. Right. Um this one was really difficult. Um, to I wanted to place another game here, but overall, I think Edith Finch deserves the spot. I'm not going to really say much more than what these guys have said to the game. Um, the game just feels like this very cohesive, brilliant unit. I don't know how else to entirely describe it. It's just, it's beautifully done. Um, even though it's a two-hour game, if I remember reading this correctly, the the creator spent six years working on this game. So they spent a long time working on this game, and it just, there's so much love and passion put into this project, and it shows. So um, I'm not going to add too much more. I, I think it was excellent, excellently done, 
and I am overall very happy that I get to play this game. Yeah, wow. Another vote for Edith Finch. It's definitely getting a lot of love from the Chomp cast. So if you're not familiar with that one, my friends say you definitely need to experience Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, great choice. Great choice. My number three is kind of a surprise one uh, for a couple reasons I want to explain, and it is Sonic Mania. Much to the disgust of... <laughs> Are you okay, Fish? Did you spit up your Snapple? Oh, almost. Yeah, I almost lost my dinner right there. Mm. That's all right. Go on. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, the reason Sonic Mania was so high on my list was it's one of the rarest things you'll see in our industry is a developer making a terrible franchise and then allowing basically a fan who's made like passionate fan remakes to take the reins of their series and fix it. So the guy who directed Sonic Mania, his name was Christian Whitehead, he made like a bunch of iPhone ports of Sonic games, and he created his, like, his own Sonic engine. Um, and they were Sega was so impressed by his games he was making, uh, even the Sonic CD port as well, that they said, hey, you know, uh, you can make these other some Sonic mobile games. And then eventually they're like, you know what, why don't you try and make so- uh, a real Sonic game? And that's when he made Sonic Mania. So it'd be like, if they gave like if you were a talented programmer and you had the chance to make your dream franchise game for that franchise that was struggling and Sonic has been bad since the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast games were incredible at the time but they don't hold up and Sega has not Sonic Generations was a good game. It it was. You did like that game. It, it was underrated and underappreciated, but it wasn't this. It wasn't what they wanted. It wasn't received well critically for some reason, and it didn't have the magic and the love of this. Like even looking back on Sonic Generations, it was it was fine. Like Shay said, we both thought it was good. But after playing Sonic Mania, I'm like, wow, they this is what Sonic feels like. This is what Sonic looks like. This is nostalgia. Now, if you don't care about Sonic, like Fish didn't like it. He didn't grow up giving a shit about Sonic, and that's fine. Josh doesn't like it. That's fine, too. I, I get it. This It's a nostalgia thing, but as someone who grew up loving Sonic and then being like, I don't think I'll ever care about Sonic again, I was I had such a dark fall into Sonic after playing this game. I went and bought a Sega at my lo- local retro store. I played so much Sonic for a week that I felt sick, and then I immediately sold that Sega because it was a complete waste of money. Um, but I, <laughs> but, but I, I went down that hole. I bought a Sonic Amiibo that's in my podcast room that makes me happy every time I look at it. And I always remember that this was Sonic's a fine moment of a resurgence what made Sonic great and it may never be great again and they need to evolve it because just making another one of these would just be okay at this point um, I don't think it's a better game necessarily than the other games on my list but the story behind it is so exciting to me like someone almost on the outskirts of the industry fixing one of the biggest franchises that Sonic company just keeps fucking up like they're just they're terribly wrong look at Sonic Forces it is the most disgusting pile of fucking filth in the whole world and that's the kind of shit that they're creating. So this game is a miracle. It might not be the greatest thing in the world to a lot of people, but to me, it is just the fact that it exists is an inspirational story. Um, it's both a remaster, a remix, and a new thing all in one. And that is also very rare. Um, so it meant a lot to me, but I totally get why people don't like it. This gameplay is weird. It's it's weird. It's a it's a weird kind of style of gameplay. So, 
Um, hmm. Bosses were kind of sloppy at times. Like the bosses were either brilliant or kind of like sloppy and you know all over the place, kind of chaotic. Like it's uh, the game definitely has its issues, but god damn that music too. Fucking music's incredible. So um, I was surprised, but I wanted to give it accolades because of the story behind it and the fact that. We may never see this again. And here's the big one. $20. I played the hell out of that game and really enjoyed it. And they sold that thing to me for $20 fucking dollars. And yeah. that's important to me, the value you're getting for for that project as well. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine paying $60 for the very first Sonic game or the second Sonic game <laughs> back, way back in back the day. Back in the day, yeah. In the 90s. Mm-hmm. Of course, back in the day, I would have played. When I was a kid, I would have played that Sonic game for an entire summer, and I played Sonic Mania for about two weeks as an adult. So I guess I guess the money is kind of relative to that, but um, <laughs> that's true. That's actually a good point. Uh, it's a good story, and that um, is cool to me. So I wanted to give Sonic his brief moment in the spotlight for me. Moving on, Sonic Mania is my number three. Fish, what is your number two, my good friend? Now we're getting. No, wait, hold on. Now we're getting to the heavy hitters. All right, this is. This is like our personal favorite and runner-ups for the entire fucking year of video games. This is the heavy shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. God, it was the heaviest shit. Like, going between one and two, like, I was I was throwing both these games. I had them both in each hand, and I was just like, oh, which one, which one had much more of an impact on me? Which one just felt better? I know which two they are, too. I mean, <laughs> which kind of experience? Like, it was tough. It was tough. Like, I, at this point, I'm still, like, debating it, but... You have to go uh, with your I heart, Fish. Already, Follow your heart. Already, okay. Well, i already written it down, so I'm going with what I have <laughs> down. He's like, fuck and my heart, I'm is... going with my pen. <laughs> uh, that's Cuphead. Cuphead! All right, Cuphead makes it a Cuphead at number two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine it'd be... A, up there for you guys hopefully because that game is amazing the entire presentation of that game is just so wonderful like it's been such a long i feel like that genre kind of burnt out for me uh you know those running gun type of shooters or that you know like my fondest memories of a running gun type of shooter is probably like Cave Story. Oh, Cave Story had kind of like that. It, it was more of like a Metroid, Metroid yeah. Cats of Castlevania type of game, but it it also was heavy on its shooting, and you had different mm-hmm. weapons and everything as well. Um, and the boss fights in that game were pretty well done and intricate as well. What about Contra? Did you ever um, play Contra as a kid? Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, Contra, Metal Slug, mm-hmm. also, yeah. like, I love the look of Metal Slug, I thought. Um, very cartoonish, but I think Cuphead just nails, nails this this theme of 1930s cartoon, and they back it up with a great big big jazz band to, to have a soundtrack throughout the whole game that just fits it so perfectly. And, like, each one of those bosses, I thought were difficult as fuck mm-hmm. first off this game this game is so fucking hard like like to the point where like i was like man this is 
this may be tougher than Dark Souls and and Bloodborne, you know, like going up against, you know, the these these fully 3D rendered environments of Bloodborne, but Shane always likes to remind us, oh, I didn't think it was that hard, guys. It wasn't that hard for me. He he did fly through it, and I was impressed. That he got I think to he was like extra motivated because we we built it up to be so hard that when he got, he's just like, I'm going to teach these fuckers. I'm locking in. Yeah, yeah. Arms is better at video games than you are. Okay. <laughs> not not you, fish. Oh. Not you, fish. You know, fish yeah. gets lumped in with me. You're either better than both of us or none of us. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's not being an asshole, so he's perfectly okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's my number two, and I, I see. I'm surprised because I'm guessing what your number one is. But I am. There's one game that you have not mentioned that is like flooring me right now that I haven't heard about. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, wow. Okay. So, Cub Norkin it down. Cuphead. Fish is number two and a twist of Incredible Shooter, won our Art Direction of the Year and Best Boss Battle of the Year, King Dice. Um, unforgettable game. You should definitely check it out. Maybe we'll talk more about it later. We'll see. Joshua Fowler, my good friend, writing the coattails of Fishes number two. What is your runner-up for Game of the Year? My game number two of the year is... Not Cuphead. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to had to milk that for a that while. That was good. That was good. Uh, I was number. <laughs> I, was, I was properly number two, milked. Mm-hmm. Number two is Hellblade. Mm, Senua's yeah. Sacrifice. Good choice. It is good. Choice. So good. And uh, like I mentioned before, these have all been just tough choices. Tough choices. They've been great yeah. games Brutal. this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I just, I had to take it in a personal direction more than trying to. It just there's just there's so much, so much good in gaming this year mm-hmm. that yeah Hellblade just personally for me amazing amazing game um, just the themes they were able to tackle the way they handled it was amazing and it also plays well it plays well on top of all that they're trying to tell the story mm-hmm. um, managed to do that and it's still just amazingly fun to play. Um, I, I loved this game. Absolutely loved this game this year. Uh, Hellblade. Yeah. Very controversial game for us on the crew with me and Fish, um, but I know Shay's talked a lot about it, and we'll see. And then a game that deals with mental illness, won best sound design and best character from the Chompcast Daggertooth Awards. Um, had Seems like it had a really powerful effect on you guys. And, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous game, and uh, I, you know, any game that's doing a things, it's not necessarily tackling the most common of mental illnesses, but the fact that they're trying to tackle that sort of subject matter, I think, is always a a positive thing for the industry. Mm-hmm. Shay, what you got for number two, my friend? My number two is also <sighs> Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> Cuphead. Yeah, it's Cuphead. Yeah, so that game, obviously, I was very looking forward to it last year. I was telling you guys, very much looking forward to it, rather. English is hard. But um, I was telling you guys about it last year, how good of a game it was going to be, and it did not disappoint Mm. in the slightest. It was a great game. 
um, each boss. There's there's just so much infused into each boss. There's so much happening on each level, and it's it's crazy. Like it's it's madness, and it's beautiful, and it's stressful, and you overachieve and you underachieve, and you go through these many many complex emotions to beat this game. And damn, did they they there there were multiple delays for this game. There are people thinking it was never going to come out, and when it finally did, it did not disappoint. I think that mm. this game is well done. There are hidden things in the world for people who um, want to look and like have some extra in there. There are hidden things you can do. There are extra special things you can do to make the game play differently. You can unlock like certain modes. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have too much to add other than what Fish said. I just this game is brilliant and i have not felt this level of satisfaction since um i have not had this level of satisfaction since super meat boy in terms of defeating a difficult game and that's why it's so it's so high on my list is that each time you kill a boss or defeat a boss it is incredibly rewarding because you go into this boss and you look you look at this boss and you 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 play a few times and you're like, well, okay, I need to figure out this pattern. And then you defeat that form. And that's what this game is predicated on, is you go into something, a situation not knowing what to do. You have very limited resources. You have a few. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to make those work to your advantage. And you have to dial overcome this obstacle. <laughs> you do. You do. And that's it's similar in regards to Meat Boy. Um, I won't mm-hmm. make any more comparisons to that game after this. But um, Meat Boy is obviously a game I've talked about so many times because I love it. But this game is similar in you use death as a learning tool um, in this game because you will die. And sometimes you're going to have to take risks when you're fighting the bosses or you're in a run and gun level in order to figure out the correct pattern to figure out what you can and cannot do in this level. Yes. And I love, I love that, that feeling of um, being rewarded for trying different things. And I love the feeling of failing with a purpose. You know, you fail, fail with and you look at the game and it's not like, well, I just got, f- I got fucked over by mechanics or I got fucked over by physics of the game or I got fucked yeah. over by this glitch. It's none of that. It's you are failing to because learn. You. And that's what this yeah. game does so effortlessly. Same as Meat Boy. And that's why it's number two on my list. I'm surprised too, because you had expressed on the podcast a few times that you were kind of a little disappointed um, at first by the game and wasn't quite as amazing as you hoped it'd be so i'm surprised it's as high on your list as it ended up being i think i think honestly and this is this is partially personal and don't take too much offense to it um morgan you have a tendency to overhype things very much which is why i'm so assholeish towards you with no man's sky and tomb raider and this game was so hyped up by all three of you and i just got tired of hearing about cuphead every day in whatsapp and when i finally got to it i i felt like the game was spoiled for me and these opinions were already put into my head and that's my fault because i couldn't play the game right when it came out it's kind of like with spoilers um you get 
and but when I actually got around, when I got through, and I kind of blocked out your opinion, your guys's opinions, and I just I realized, okay, I need to formulate my own opinion on this game and um undergo my own experience is when I really started liking the game. So yeah, um, it, I, I I I agree. I it's it's weird that I was so down on it, but um. Yeah, I, I think I think it just executed well, and it, for me, it just took a little longer to get into. And it's I think it's a brilliant. It, game. it is tough. Yeah, we did overhype it, and it's hard for us too because we. I don't think we overhyped it. I think that our excitement levels were exactly where we wanted them to be. I mean, overhyping means you're That's implying true. that you're like blowing something up to be not something you believe. Like you know, what I mean, I just that term is kind of rough. But I I understand your point, which is if you hear about something all the time, um, it's kind of satu- oversaturated. So. Yeah, yeah, hearing hearing you guys seeing the countless videos of you flexing after beating one level on expert after trying for three <laughs> days. It's very it's very broish and I was like, I can't, I can't I can't handle this. There are multiple times during when you when you guys get though that hyped for games, it's mainly Morgan because Josh and Fish contain their hype a little bit better. But I Unless actually missed the chat and, and don't look at it for a day or two. Even fish didn't cream as much as you do. Well, you know, but I get it. This is your personality. You want to share with us. You you want to share with us. So I wouldn't be hosting it. You have a different personality. He holds the title of King Creamer. King Creamer is King Creamer and Chomcast's worst girlfriend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's the resident Twinkie, just full of cream. That's the one. That's the one. uh, (laughs) That's the one dagger. Delicious, but not so good for your health. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Josh. you know you shouldn't. Oh, Josh. You know, um, that's fair, and that's fair. And that, that whole situation. I'm glad you got to play, but it was too bad you couldn't play at the same time as. Okay, cool. Cuphead number two. Uh, obviously, I think it's a great choice. Um, my number two was. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. <sighs> nitty gritty. I hate that term too. I don't know why I've been. T- I've been using a lot of shitty terms lately. Um, hook and crook. Nitty gritty. Um, what's another one? I don't know. <laughs> if I use my hook and crook in your nitty gritty, um, by the seat of my pants, stuff, it's awful shit like that. Um, hi, my name is Morgan and I'm straight. That's probably the worst one you've used so far. We're going to have to edit that out. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> just bleep it. No, we don't edit anything, Morgan. We don't edit <laughs> anything here. No, just bleep it. I like the bleeping. So it's mysterious. People are like, what? What did he say? <laughs> it's just like a 10 second bleep. Yeah. bleep. <laughs> Hi, yeah. I'm Morgan and I'm bleep. <laughs> um, okay, so my number two was Resident Evil 7. Uh, not a lot of surprise there, I don't think. Um, in VR, I, the tricky thing for me was it might have had more of an impact on me, but I kind of got screwed because I played Resident Evil 7 normally and on normal difficulty, and I don't think that game is balanced really well. I mean, me and Fish and Josh, I'm sorry, me and Fish and Shay would always talk about how we would die on these bosses over and over, and it was kind of frustrating, and you would take like six bullets sometimes to kill an enemy even when you're shooting them in the head. And I just didn't really feel like the game was balanced that well. Um, but whenever I finally got around to playing it in VR and dropping the difficulty, it was a revolutionary experience. And it's too bad because I think if I had played it in VR the first time on easy, it could have been one of the greatest experiences of my life. But, and with anything in life, when the first time is taken away from you a little bit, much like Shay's Cuphead was slightly ruined, 
um, when something is taken away from you, like you never quite know what it would have been. So that's where I'm left. And I always say it's like rose tinted goggles because a lot, every issue that I had with the game in its standard form was pretty much fixed in VR. Um, the sort of awkward, silly nature of the cutscenes had sort of a fun, like sort of theme park vibe to it when you played it in VR that didn't seem quite as hokey in a bad way. Uh, just exploring the world in in VR actually added to the survival horror, the you know um, environmental storytelling, the let's see, um, just little things like the way it felt to like sneak around a corner or something. Uh, in VR was so tremendous. And then when you look at the fact that like takes something like the, the last chunk of the game where it kind of just turns into more of a traditional shooter, that stuff in VR was better because the it was a lot more fun and, and to, to shoot in VR. So there's a long list of things I could I could lay out for you, but everything in that game that was mostly a problem, I felt like it was fixed in VR. And the biggest thing I wrote down here on my list was that they designed, it's pretty brave, but they basically designed an entire AAA game. A $60, 10-hour opus in the Resident Evil catalog was designed for VR. And that's a very brave thing for them to do and to execute it well. And I think that's important for VR. Like, a lot of VR games are kind of cool, but Resident Evil 7 is the only one that I feel like is a killer app a must play in, in virtual reality uh it's a classic in, in vr and I, it's incredibly important for our industry on top of the fact that i just loved the anxiety and the disgusting horror of that game being inside of that world the way the sound design works for tension uh the way they used music sparingly but intelligently as i mentioned on in yesterday's show um draw, if you get a chance to play resident evil 7 drop the difficulty to easy played in vr um it'll be one of the best and creepiest experiences of your life and i highly recommend that to anyone you should not own a psvr i have a lot of friends who own psvr and they're just like um it's too scary for me and i'm just like you just try your best to suck it up because you don't want to miss out on this experience um pushing vr to full triple a games is important to our industry and succeeding the way they did. So I think it is a VR masterpiece. Um, but if you're not playing in VR, I just think it's really good. So that's the difference. It wouldn't have made my list if it wasn't in VR. And I think that's an important distinction to make. So Yeah. You definitely have some you have some good points with the, the sound design. The sound design in that game is damn good. And I mm. think that's something we didn't really give credit to it yesterday. And it needs to be given credit because the sound design in that game is awesome very very good yeah it's just great yeah everything about it i mean just the walking around picking up shit in that dirty world in vr is just the best it's the best so um i would have i would have played that game again but the, the the only thing that sucked is the harder difficulty options were not that fun like the thought of playing the game on the hardest difficulty was just like I, I would never want to do that. Like I have friends that played through that game on mm. whatever it's called, hardcore, and it's or Madhouse, and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like th- that pulling fifteen bullets into an enemy is not what makes this game fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I can see in in my mind anyway, the way to do that would be to remove half of the bullets 
from the entire yes, world yes. instead of make everything take twice as many. Make make like, every bullet why, count. Why do that that yeah, way? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They just don't understand. I don't It's it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I feel you yeah. on that. I feel you. I'm I'm not a big fan of the whole turn everything into bullet sponge in order yeah. to increase difficulty. It's frustrating no, at the drop. I don't think that's ever been a way to deal. Or make it make the enemies like cuz the enemies in that game are slow. Make them a little bit faster. Or make them a little bit smarter. Don't make them bullet sponge. Yeah, the creativity of how you dismantle an enemy. Like, there's this one boss where you have to shoot very specific parts of it. Like, um, the creativity comes from, like, how you're taking the enemy apart. Like, remember Dead Space? You'd have to take an enemy apart by its limbs in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. So, God, I miss that game. I miss that series. It's it's yeah. just weird that developers miss these things. I mean, there's people like me that I'd love to maybe one day work for a company where I could just come in there and play their game. Like, look, there's some obvious things you can do to make this a better game. It's not this. So, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that game should, since it was told so much through its environment, like, I feel like there should have been more em- environmental type of ways to killing the bosses and enemies instead yeah. of just relying on weapons like i think that would, more things you could shoot in the would, environment like a chandelier or a light yeah. or something yeah yeah something like that that would feel more survivalish yeah, i guess creative like using it, the environment yeah 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 instead of like just relying on how many shots you have in your shotgun if you could just uh burst down a, a boss or something like that um, I mean, the, the, that first boss with the the chainsaw, I I like that idea of that you're in this confined space mm-hmm. and like you kind of have to use the environment. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, but I wish it was more frequent in that game and not just showcased in the boss fights. And even that boss like, took way too long. Like when you drop it on easy and you're in mm-hmm. VR, the clunkiness it doesn't feel as clunky, and you kill him at a very reasonable rate. Like. It, you have to sham. You have to slam that fucking chainsaw on his head a hundred thousand fucking times on normal. And it's just like, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Or there was some cool stuff. Though. Remember the boss where he? I had a bad experience when I first played it, but he jumps in the car and it's rather absurd. He jumps in the car in the garage and he tries to run you over in that tiny little space. Just kind of absurd when you think about it. Yeah. Um, that fight yeah. in VR was really cool because there was a psycho trying to drive me down, and I, I felt like the way I was moving and the way I experienced that fight in virtual reality was so much different than when I was just slapping him in the face with my knife when I wasn't playing it in VR. I don't know why. But it just felt. Let's put it this way, and then I'll move on. You realize that game was designed for VR when you play it that way. It's like opening up pockets mm-hmm. of your mind that you didn't know were there. It's like when you do drugs and you're like, "Oh, I forgot about that memory from ten years ago at that party, and now I'm remembering it." It's like it's there, mm-hmm. buried, but you have to reveal it. I knew Morgan. You gave me his number. That's what it is. <laughs> Fish is still trying to suppress all of our party memories. Um, Good luck with that. Okay. Resident Evil 7 is my number two. Now we are down to... This is it. Number one. Let's, Let's go around and... Shay's giving us a drum roll. Fisherowski's favorite game of 2017. Favorite game of 2017. Destiny 2. 
Zelda Breath of the what? Wild. What? What the fuck happened? Yes. What? Oh. I, I, I know what, I know what game you're I get a bone to pick with you later, but we're not going to pick it right now. It, it's it, it's not a surprise. Like it's not on everybody else's list, and we've all said that I have I have grown, I've matured a bit in my life, and sadly, Destiny Two did not make my top five. That's impossible. You're going to tell me that you enjoy? He does eat one one little strand of asparagus with every meal at dinner. <sighs> He this has mature. Hold on, this is impossible. I, this is he, fucking no, no. impossible. You said you'd pick the bone with him. No, 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 uh, no. You said you'd pick the bone with him later. Stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Let him get through. Thank you, Shay. That was a very apt way of describing me maturing. You're welcome. Because I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. You know I. I played a little bit of Zelda earlier this year uh, at Morgan's house whenever um, I came up and visit him. And, you know, my initial thoughts on it was, man, the stamina gauge is stupid because I was just swimming across this lake and all of a sudden my stamina's gone and all of a sudden Link drowns. (laughs) And I was like, I I did the same exact thing at Morgan's house. This is is the fucking worst. But you know that stamina gauge, like once I once I got it on the switch and I started playing around with it, like I I felt like that was a brilliant fucking thing to add in a open world Zelda game because it 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 gives you sort of a limit. You don't feel like the almighty being hero who could just run up on something, slash it a few times, and be done with it and move on to the next enemy, or traversing the land was just easy as jumping on your horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and jumping on your horse is probably not the most satisfying way of traveling the world. It's more on foot for me, at least me personally. Like I, I enjoyed just climbing up a mountainside seeing like that first area that you come across, like it does such a great job of kind of holding your hand by just the way the environment is. With the great plateau or something else? Yes. Yeah. The way that great plateau is which is like you have to do for four shrines before you can move on and actually the and before the world actually opens up to you with the paraglider which allows you to actually paraglide off the great plateau and actually start your open world adventure in Zelda um but that plateau does such a great job of teaching you all the mechanics in the game that you're going to need uh throughout the game like they give you like four of the uh runes that are uh, on your Sheikah slate, um, and I think there's maybe like one more that you get. I'm trying to think, I think that's actually all the runes that you get oh, in yeah. the first area. They give yeah, you all of them except for like the the amiibo rune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, my my daughter has it. Like she's she's still stuck on the Great Plateau, but I'm like, here, use all my champions mm-hmm. and use your amiibo, and she she gets all these nice. Uh, boons of using the amiibo by getting you know weapons and other stuff, but yeah, yeah, you you get pretty much all the basic stuff, and then at the end of it all, you get the last piece of uh gear or last item that you need to really explore the world, which is a paraglider, and yeah, like that. Uh, I I had a negative thought on that stamina meter, but 
it, it quickly grew on me as a it's almost, it, the way that stamina meter like it's hard for me to You're describe really going it's off on the like, stamina meter <laughs> yeah i'm sorry Game, i was sorry. singing the same thing gameplay mechanic of the year for fish the stamina meter <laughs> Well, it's kind of like Dark Souls, where like you, your character's more yeah. limited to his attacks or what he could climb, so you're negated by that fact instead yeah. of. They don't want you climbing any. They, they want to like find a way to gate you without feeling artificial, like oh, here's an invisible wall or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you can climb everything, but maybe you can't quite climb mm-hmm. this one. It's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. but it works for everything, like you said, swimming. Um, Hand gliding, paragliding, yeah, it's, everything is working on this thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I, I think that that uh, it's a great game. Like it, the fact that you don't level up in this game and it's an open world, like that felt fucking weird to me at the first yeah. time of playing this game. Like after defeating like some enemies, and I was like, oh shit, I came out of that shit. You alive can actually come out worse. Got some nice you can be like, man, I have less weapons than I had before I fought those. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, but usually, yeah, the enemies will drop some weapons that are slightly better than what you have going for you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt like, man, I feel like I should be stronger, but there's no, there's no level gauge that's telling me what I can do in the game. It's more of, do I have enough energy to climb this wall or something mm-hmm. like that? Experimentation like that for an exploration game. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it it gives you like that sense of freedom to do whatever you want to do and you could do it. It's just, you may not have the, ex- the personal experience of like fighting a, one of the guardians, like mm-hmm. me, me taking down my first guardian. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah. And that was just an endeavor for me early on in the game when I barely had any strong weapons. Like I think my best weapon was did like 20 damage um, and now I have weapons that do 50 damage and I could just obliterate the guardians. But when I first came across a guardian, like, like I, I had the tools, but they were just slightly weaker and I wasn't fighting stronger web or stronger enemies. And it, it, that sense of progression in this game is just so perfectly tuned, um, to be specific to the player. So yeah. I could have just ran away from that guardian and waited until I had strong weapons, but uh, I, I eventually beat it and uh, or I, I bested that guardian and it just it, it felt so triumphant at that moment. I was just like, God damn, that was so fucking epic feeling. And yeah, yeah everything about this game just it, it resonates. It, it's so finely tuned and so expertly crafted, um, and. It it really is like a breath of fresh air as a far breath, as open a games go. Breath of fresh air. You like that? Yeah, pun intended. Yes. I'm sure no one. It's not really a pun, is it? It's just the same word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you called me out. Let him have his pun. It's game of the year, Shay. Let him have fish. his damn pun. Sorry, 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 fish. Great pun. Yeah. Yeah. You're just making it worse. Making it worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, I'm, you know, it's definitely, I know you've been playing the hell out of it for like the past month. So I guess the timing was great because you just have Zelda rolling around in your brain all the time right now. Mm hmm. Definitely. And yeah. that nice, beautiful vape brain of yours. <laughs> yeah. 
My husky vape exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a cloud of I vape you, and then Fish. Link emerging with his haircut naked. Um, with the, his master sword. <laughs> wink, wink. And the, the chopstick tresses, right? Yeah. Chopstick oh, tresses. chopsticks? Yeah, that's... Can, yes. you, get, can you make him just yeah, have the chopsticks, chopsticks and then no clothes and run around like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's your go-to look, I'm sure. That's that's when I'm sitting next to the riverbed, mm-hmm. soaking up some rays. Just relaxing. Yeah, won a lot of great categories for us and was a runner-up in a lot of them. Actually, it only won best gameplay mechanic with the paraglider, but it was a runner-up in almost everything. So, And universally acclaimed, one of the highest-rated games of all time. Um, and they've made a believer out of the fish. Yeah. I'm so proud yeah. of you, fish. I really am. So I'm mean, partially proud. We'll pick that bone later. Okay. We don't well, care. Yeah. We're so proud of you, Fish. <laughs> Positive I, I vibes. Ba- I feel bad on like the Zelda series because I haven't played a lot of the newer Zelda uh installments and um I am happy that this game was the Zelda game that hooked me. Um because it, it truly is a fun and fantastic, uh well designed world that they created in this game and even the story in this game is what it it just it feels good in this game like there's a bit of sorrow to it and you're like you're learning tragedy through like some of these characters and mm-hmm. where the I, hell do they go from here what the fuck are they gonna do to follow this game yeah. up i feel bad for nintendo i know i know like they yeah they they have voice actors in this game like, you know what they're going to have to do? Well, they're going to have to get weird. It's going to have to be a Majora's Mask situation where, like, Ocarina of Time came out. It was, like, perfect, maybe. right? Well, what do you do at that point? Just make something really fucking weird, uh, which could be cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm enjoying this game to this day still. Um, yeah, and much like my runner-up Cuphead, like, I just can't put this game down until I beat it. So, yeah, uh, Zelda. All right, my number one. Breath of the game Wild. Of the Fish is number one game nice. of the year. Mm-hmm. Josh, it's now your turn, my friend. Tis. Uh, Tis indeed. Mm-hmm. Verily, I got a good prediction. I know exactly what Josh is going to say. Mm-hmm. Not to suck. Yeah, my number one game of 2017. Is the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? There's another one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, you too, Josh. Yes, yes. There was some competition this year, but Zelda is amazing. Um, I'm gonna kind of continue off of what you're saying there with the whole sorrow in this game. They did some really cool stuff with the whole, the whole theme of Ganon already having won in this game which yeah. is it is done so well um just allowing you to you know explore this world and it it's interesting cuz in all the other games they know a hero will save them and you know nobody's really that worried even though all this heavy stuff is happening around them they just nobody's worried oh the hero's here he'll save us yeah and in this one, 
you didn't. Yeah, you failed. You done fucked up. And half <laughs> the world is like, you know, actively hates you, and the rest of them don't believe. And it's just, it, it feels so good um, just interacting with these people, seeing how they've managed to cope with, you know, everything they've known just kind of disappearing. Um, it's, it's done really well. I mean, and, and like Morgan mentioned before, um, you know, Majora's Mask being so high in his list. This one kind of gives me vibes of that, of this whole, you know, Zelda in an apocalyptic type of setting. Um, whereas, you know, Majora's Mask is one where it's, you know, it's in the process of happening. I was thinking Um, about the other day how they, uh, Remember the upside down temple at the end of Majora's Mask? Um, like in this game with the temples, they almost took that idea for every temple. They did, and that was that. That is probably one of the best levels in all of Zelda. Um, that dungeon, um, and yeah, they they absolutely took that from there. Just the ability to change the levels as much as you do in Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. I mean, that's something that's straight out of. Um, straight out of that level or like the water temple which was you know one of the best levels in uh and the most uh, frustrating ocarina of time yeah yeah but you had to you had to think of the level it was um you couldn't just kind of brute force your way through it you had to you had to understand the space and they do that a lot in breath of the wild um but you know on a smaller scale so you you don't have to worry about people getting frustrated and figuring you know trying to not having any idea what they're doing I noticed um, that because the game was built on the Switch, one of the things I noticed is that they almost felt like they, even though the game is like gargantuan, it almost felt like they kind of designed it to be playable in chunks. Like the shrines, yeah. the dungeons are epic, but they're a little shorter, um, I think in a good way. Like I feel like you could pick that game and play it up on like a 30-minute bus ride and still feel okay, and that's kind of cool. You don't have to play it that way, but... Yeah. Yeah, they do a, a really good job of that. There are... It always feels like there's something you can go do, even if it's just a small thing. You can just go do something. Um, yeah, it, it feels dense, but it, it also gives you that feeling of uh, open world that, to explore as well. And mm-hmm. you're not just you're not just like checking uh, a box or anything like yeah. that. Well, or it's you decide what the box is. Whereas in every other yeah. game, it's like climb to oh, I like. The towers in this game unlock the map so you can see what's going on in an area instead of just having a blank area that you can you can still mark stuff on it, but it's blank. You don't you don't know, you know, the underlying terrain or anything yeah. that you're marking there. But you go to the top of the tower, bam, you've got the terrain. So your map is more useful at that point. <laughs> like I can't imagine how awful this game would be is if you got to the top of every tower and then there's fucking 200 collectible items every time you get to the top of it. Like, here's all the shit. Go collect it. Like, this, that, that would fucking ruin this game. Yeah. It would turn it, me off. I'd be like, oh, that's exactly where they're all at. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. the exploration goes down from there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew, I knew it was going to be your number one, Josh, just because. You've been such a big Zelda fan your whole life, and they basically are catering also to your very specific adult tastes as a gamer as well. Yeah. But not your child tastes. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like... Not Nintendo, Yeah, anyway. like, I mean, like, as an adult, you're more into games that aren't going to hold your hand all the time. They're more difficult, um, more strategic, but also, like... You know, it's there was this is like the most Dark Souls y Zelda. Like you, you die like I died the first like group of enemies I came mm-hmm. across in this game kicked my fucking ass like six times. And that's Yeah. That's unheard of in a Zelda game. So Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I've been absolutely loving going through on Master Mode. Because through the entire game you get that experience. You never really get to a point where you just completely outgun anybody um and it's it really makes the experience just feel great you have to think about any encounter you get into try and be more creative Um, about it i wish there was a little yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point that's a good point um all right number one for josh breath of the wild as well as fish so we have two number ones for zelda as well as our Mm -hmm. listeners so zelda is um kicking some ass right now Mm-hmm. All right, Shay. I'm mm-hmm. curious. As a hero of time, Shay. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, Shay. What what do you have settling into your number one spot? I have my number one as the Crash Bandicoot Insane You're Trilogy as <laughs> not my number one. <laughs> You're fucking lying. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. My number one is Gravity Rush. Oh too, my gosh! Easily. Wow, wow, that's shocking. Yeah, that game is. There's like, there's no question about it. It's it's such a good game. Um, the game they managed to create is, I don't want to say flawless because obviously it has its issues, but man, did I enjoy that game from start to finish. It is. It is very whimsical. It is fun. The mechanics are fun in the game. The characters are super interesting. The world is super interesting. The music is fantastic in that game. Everything about that game, to me, is my ideal video game. Wow. Um, when I think video game, that's exactly what I think, for me personally. They just they hit so many right notes, and... Man, I could sit here and talk about this game all, all day. They just, they did so many things right with this game. Um, When you start off in Gravity Rush 2, uh, Josh and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, With Gravity Rush 1 being on the Vita, not a lot of people played it. Um, It was, it was a game that's, was and still kind of is relatively unheard of. I had never even heard of Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. um, Until a little bit later this year and also from josh i had put it in never ever seeing anything on gravity rush one and i didn't feel like i was lost in the world i felt like um i i knew what was going on i knew what to do and you you quickly and this is the games to the grain the games uh benefit they just immerse you into that world so quickly I yeah. I fell in love with characters right off the bat. It was it was not difficult at all and yeah, that game is just man, like I I love I love the issues that they tackle in that game too cuz they tackle social inequality like I said yesterday and they do it in a lighthearted yet effective way as you play throughout the story. 
And, um, yeah, it's just, it's so well done. They, they really address an issue I think is very prevalent in the United States right now. Um, I think it's also not as big of an issue, but it is somewhat of an issue in Japan. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see this kind of, this social commentary and how it actually can apply to multiple, um, cultures. It's really interesting to see that. Uh, that's the one benefit, one of the many benefits I have of living in Japan and playing video games from developers based in Japan. Um, even though, I mean, it was translated to English. It just, you can see that, that, how that, com that comparison being there, which is also kind of a pity I didn't play Persona 5 as we talked about in the past. Yeah, I think you'd have dug that one too. Um, I think so. It has one, I think, one of the stronger um, duos um, for me in video gaming in Cat and her her cat, Dusty, um, which looks like <laughs> a, a cat made of a galaxy. And it's just this, and it's what gives her powers, essentially. And it just, it's this brilliant duo. They have dialogue together and... Yeah, just everyone in the world is super vibrant and inter interesting. Mm -hmm. um, they have a very distinct personality. You you meet people and in the game, and whether or not you like them, they have a very distinct personality, and they have a purpose for being there. So I want to say so much about this game. If overall, though, I mean, to kind of wrap it up, I, I already know that it's going to be a very uphill battle to argue about it later. But you as a listener and uh, Fish and Morgan, please, please, please play this game. Because this game is yeah. seriously incredible, criminally underrated. Um, it didn't do as well in sales because, I mean, not a lot of people knew about it here. And that's fair. And that's part of what we do this podcast for. That's but true. Um, I'm not that's voting true. it to number one for that reason. I'm voting it because it really is that good of a game, in my opinion. So Gravity Rush 2, number one. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you talked about it a lot. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of cat cosplay, if, you, if nothing else. There's a, lot, there's a lot of cat cosplay out there. Um, I will play it. I, I will go play it. I want to dress as Dusty. I want to dress as I a cat. bad. This year and last year, I didn't get to play your game of the year. Last year, I never played Owlboy. This year, I didn't play Gravity Rush 2. Um, and as long as you play them. As long as you play them and or buy them, that's all that matters. Yeah, I'm sure Gravity Rush 2 has got to be pretty cheap by now. I, I think the game has a beautiful art style to it. and um, Ooh, it's on sale for $20 right now. Where? Yep. On PlayStation Plus. Okay. Or on PlayStation Network, I mean. I will uh, I will see what picking it up. $20 ain't nothing. Yeah. Um, nothing to sneeze at. Hey, if 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 it's difficult for you, I'll even buy it for you if you promise to play it. Because uh, I love the game that much. Yeah, yeah. If you buy it, I will. Yeah, it is definitely worth playing. Definitely. I will promise to play it. You can go trade in. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it after the show. This is an after the show thing. Um but I get it because, you know, you want people to experience yeah. that. If someone makes their, their number one game of the year, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, what kind, of, what kind of monster would I be? I'm not Fish. I mean, come on. Yeah. We all know fishes are just monstrous fucking things. You should have heard the shit he was saying about Owlboy the other day. Woo! Um, yeah, whoa, let's whoa, hear whoa. that, Fish. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, 
Like it's just I'm kind just of ruffles I know, I'm kidding too. Here. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just trying to get, you know, Shay ruffled up before we fight in a little bit, so. It's like a pre-fight fight. Oh, I'm, I'm rearing up. <laughs> you get to hear, hear that fish? He's rearing up for you. Um, all right, so. Ooh. Uh. That's cool though. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta follow your heart. And Shay's heart says gravity rush too. So if you're in the greater Japanese area um, and you're great at cat cosplay, Shay would like to reach out to you for a possible date at some point. Um, well, we can make that happen. Uh, let's make Shay's dreams come true. Let's make his <laughs> dreams come true. Huh. I love how you always huh. say the greater Japanese area. I don't know that. I don't know why I say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, the area directly around Japan is the ocean. So, I mean... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out, Morgan. Um, if you are located on one of the four main Japanese islands... Mm-hmm. And specialize in cat cosplay... Let's make it happen. Um, anyways, that's cool. So Zelda, Zelda. I mean, what can I say, guys? Number one, this was a no-brainer, right? Best game of the year had to be No Man's Sky. Finally getting its debut, Atlas oh. Rise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> The DLC guys, I played it for weeks. Oh, Atlas <laughs> rises just like my pants were when I played it. Ugh. So I've really destroyed this moment that I had on the soapbox. But um, I'm I'm gonna edit that whole sequence out. Don't stop worry. clipping everything. You're like a barber that just doesn't know when to stop. Snipper clips. Snipper clips. Um, so. Okay, so my number one is Cuphead, and this one surprised me a lot, uh, and I'm blown away, Josh, that Cuphead did not make your list. Like, my jaw actually yeah. went through the floor. There's yeah. too many good games. There are but too many good games. But none of them are better is... than Cuphead, but we'll fight about that. Several okay, of them are. Fight about that in a little bit. That's not the point. At least five of them. It's not about fighting. It's not about that, guys. It's about love. It's about love. And on my list, the where I write down like something impactful for these games, Cuphead was just destroying it. Um, Outsiders, the Moldenhauer, um, Moldenhauer brothers, made this game. Industry Outsiders, basically working construction part-time, took a mortgage out to finish this game. That's the kind of passion you love to see going into your dream project, right? Um, the art direction literally is, there's never been a video game that looks like this. Incredible. One R award for art direction. The price, you can get this, I played this game for like two months, it's 20 bucks. 20 fucking dollars, if not cheaper. Which is insane to me. They could have easily charged more for this. Um, it, that, that's, that's a steal. Um, the, the number one thing I look for when, I, when I'm making this the choice for me is usually, did a game make me play it differently than I would play any other game? And I would never play a game on a harder difficulty. That's not something I would ever do. Um, but I don't know if you can see me flexing right now, Shay, because it's dark in my podcast room. I loved Cuphead so much that I wanted to play it on a harder difficulty. I wanted to play it on Expert. Because Expert was almost felt like an entirely new game. Every boss pattern, different. Every weapon combination you wanted to explore was different. Um, 
And that's you don't see that enough. Normally, if a game is on expert, it's just oh, this boss has more life. You know what I mean? Or you die faster. And I couldn't believe that it hooked me on expert once I started it. Like even the weapons they use in the game, like the mild RPG elements, like trying to find the right combination of weapon to use, gets really, really intense. Especially when you're playing on expert. Um, and I'm not I'm saying all this expert shit just to annoy Shay. I really mean a lot of this uh, high level stuff is a lot of fun. But you could play the game on its normal difficulty, and it's still really fucking hard. But it's incredible. You always want to see what's coming up next. We've talked about, the, and the weirdest thing about this game is it's kind of creepy to me because I don't like that look. That Steamboat Willie shit that we talked about, that 1930s art style that people fall in love with, I don't generally like that art style because it creeps me the fuck out. I don't know what it is. It's like when I was a kid and I would go eat at Subway and they used to have those black and white pictures on the wall. It's it's not a direct comparison, but I couldn't even eat at Subway when I was a kid because I was creeped out by black and white photos. I just hate them. They they unsettle me. Um so then we'd always have to take our subway to go because I would be, like, freaking the fuck out. So I – it's the same thing. Like, that old cartoon style, like, creeps me out. But that added to the effect of this game because a lot of these bosses, like, are creepy. Like, the first time you kill that flower, the Cagney Carnation, its eye sockets are, like, hollow. And you're, like – like, there's a lot of little touches to this game where everything's just a little bit demonic um, with the theme. And <laughs> – I I will say this. Cuphead might be perfect. It might be the closest I've played to a perfect game in my entire life. I When I went down to Mike Flaws with this game, I could not think of a single genuine flaw that wasn't being nitpicky. And, uh, and I mean that. And maybe we'll argue about that in a little bit. But I, I can't remember the it's very, very few times that it's happened to me in my entire life where I think a game is as close to perfect as possible. I hate review scores, and if I worked for a magazine, I would have given this a perfect score without a doubt. So Cuphead for me, surprise of the year, game of the year, pushing art direction for our genre forward, great story, and I played the game differently than I would ever play a challenging game like this because I loved it so much. Cuphead is my number one. Good choice. Any surprise yeah. there? Were you guys surprised at all? No, no, no. not at all. No, no. I, I was a little surprised. I expected you to go on about playing it on ex- expert mode for at least fifteen no, minutes. No, no, um, which is why <laughs> I wrote it down in my prediction. There's, there's no, and it was flexing. only five. There's, yeah, it's not about that. It's not about the expert. Um, that was just a layer, a layer of the game. I, I didn't play it on expert because I wanted to brag about it. Although, if you guys want to join the expert club one day, that'd be cool. I played it on expert because it felt like a fresh enough game, and uh, and. It made me use a lot of the tactics and weapons in the games uh, that I hadn't used already, and um, it's just incredible. Just incredible. So, uh, anyways, Cuphead's my number one. I have my super mathematical system we'll talk about in a little bit. Let's briefly, if you guys want to mention any runner-ups that meant a lot to you before we fight this out. Um, yes. Yes. I. Absolutely. Can I go first? Yes, go ahead. Because I'll be the shortest. Um, up until today... That was pretty good. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, I actually, until today, had Hellblade at number three. And I omitted What Remains of Edith Finch from my list. But the more I thought about it, I did not finish Hellblade, even though it could be a better game or I could have liked mm-hmm. it more. 
I didn't have enough time with the game. So I didn't feel like putting that on my top five list was fair. And I really did like Edith Finch a lot. And so I felt like that deserved its place. The only other game that I would really mention that I wish could have taken the top five spot is Prey. Um, As I told the guys the past few days, I've sunk 12 hours into that game. And it feels like um, basically Bioshock for the modern age. It's a really good game. Um, I haven't had enough time with it to see if it would place in my top five, but I have been having a ton of fun with that game. I haven't been able to put it down while I was editing the show last night and listening to the show to make sure uh, everything was okay with it. I was playing Prey in between, and man, that game is great. Um, I'd love to say a bunch about it, but I'll just save it until um, next year's first podcast where I'll have time to actually sit down and kind of think about what I just played. But yeah, Prey and Hellblade for me are the two games I wish I could have put on my list, but they just didn't make it, sadly. Yeah, that's too bad. I thought for sure Hellblade was going to show up. I wanted it to, and that's why I pushed pushed so hard for the other categories yesterday because I was already teetering on the on the fence with that game being on the list and I knew it wasn't going to make my list at the end of the day. So I wanted to, wanted to get it some well-deserved loving, but yeah. Cool. I think that's well said. And Josh was able to get some love cause it made it on. Um, yeah. Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Josh, yeah, yeah. did you have some runners up you want to mention? I had several, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I could have made this a 10 game list easily this year um the top five are all extremely close the five after that are all very close as well this was these were tough decisions this year um like you guys mentioned cuphead is absolutely up there um didn't quite cut it for me because i started seeing flaws in the game that just kind of bugged the shit out of me just there are no flaws let's hear one of them there's tons of flaws Lots of things where if they're gonna if they're gonna expect so much out of you, things have to work predictably, and they just didn't. And they've fixed a lot of those problems recently. Like I've gone back and played it um, recently, and they've fixed several of them um, with scoring issues for some of the run and gun levels, uh, with completely unavoidable damage on a couple fights that is now not unavoidable i think you're being dramatic so, yeah, they're, they're I think being dramatic about that i found a way to avoid that damage no there wasn't yeah, when it that's released. not true i beat on expert before the patch came out you can beat it on expert easily but if you're going to waste your time being an expert you may as well go for perfect scores that doesn't make any sense why and would you be insane enough to do that that's insane why would you play it on expert just told you it's a vastly more interesting and challenging game then why aren't you going to go ahead and because go for perfect perfection scores? like that is just that's like a recipe for a, a madness like to have to go through a level without getting hit one time to make sure you do all your perfect parries mm-hmm. that you use the perfect like yeah that just seems like oh. i played through on normal perfect why wouldn't i go for the same on expert you can do whatever you want josh mhm and it didn't quite get there but it's like I said, they're patching a lot of those issues. It's it's eventually going to be there. I'll probably go through eventually and try for a perfect run. But 
it's not quite there yet. Um, let's see here. Here, Pyre didn't quite make it. I loved the game. I loved so many things in yeah. it, but the complete package didn't quite. I was wrong about that one. Quite make didn't quite crack. I thought the top that was going to be in Shay's top five because I thought it, with the basketball vibe and the fantasy vibe and the uh, super giant games vibe, I thought for sure that was going to make his top five. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's it's a great game. It just for me it wasn't. It it just didn't strike enough notes for me. I think as you guys alluded to yesterday, it kind of peters out. Um, in certain areas, they have they definitely have some um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pacing issues. Definitely has some pacing issues. Yeah, Overall, it's a yeah. really good game, but some areas. I mean, were... when the best character in the game is a talking bird or imp, you know, you got a problem. So and and yeah, and it thankfully be we don't if you have, have to... reading comprehension issues like Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Damn! Um, shots fired. No, I, I would, if it was in our top five, we would, we'd have a disagreement about that, but we don't have to, we don't have Uh to argue about that. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. We do. I just, I don't feel, I felt like I connected with a different character and that's the beauty of that game. But yeah, it just, I think that there were some pacing issues with that game, um, preventing it from making the top five, which seems to be a super giant, uh, issue consistent issue because you guys thought that um bastion had a bit of patient pacing issues as well so it's interesting i they fucked up i think by not making it multiplayer if i could have played with fully maxed out characters against you guys online and like i could have taken my perfect team against you guys and it would have been like an rpg battle or basketball game that would have been play isn't it no it's only only online play it's only local, unfortunately, unless they've oh, patched it? it. Yeah, they might have patched it because I thought that no. I saw. Multiple. I checked. I checked that all the time. It's, it was a big deal with them. They they decided oh, that they okay. because they're a smaller team at Super Giant. They felt like they couldn't vouch for the quality of once if they took it online. Uh, okay. So. Okay, that makes sense. Big mistake, though. I think. Did you say steak? I said big mistake. Oh, now you got me all excited. Anyway, sorry. I was wrong. Shay did not like Pyre as much as I thought. That's okay. Still a good uh, Josh, game. Josh, yeah. what else? Okay. Yeah, still yeah. Great. I had several, several here. Uh, Snipper Clips, I mentioned before. Amazing game. Another close contender. Um, That's fucking it. I should have known Josh was throwing fucking shade when he gave Snipper Clips best art direction over Cuphead. That was when the downfall of Cuphead started for Josh. That was when it no. happened. No, there's... The art direction in Cuphead. Don't take the really, bait. I already explained it yesterday. Don't take the bait. Yeah. Don't take the bait, Josh. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, what else do I have on here? Uh, Night bait, in the Woods, the which was another great um, story game from the beginning of the year. I had some issues with the main character, but I feel like the way they told the story made that character feel like a real person. I didn't like them, but they felt super real, and the story they were able to tell was really, really cool. Um. Yeah, really good game. Uh, bu- 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 what else do we have in here that didn't quite make the cut? Uh, Gravity Rush Two. Like before, I liked it yes. a bunch, but didn't quite make the cut. Um, and I'm unfortunately I wanted to put this one on the list because I knew I was the only person who played it. Uh, but Mario Plus Rabbids 
Kingdom Battle is amazing, but still didn't quite make my list. Top it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Curious about that one. Cool. And Fish, maybe it's time to pick the bone now. Um... Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Right uh, now would be the right now Murphy, would be the good place. Uh, actually, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure he's. Are you talking about Destiny Two, Morgan? So nah, here's the he, thing. I'm he's happy. Not. He's talking about Wolfenstein too. I'm happy. <laughs> Wolf- yeah, Wolfenstein. That's a- that, that was a good game. That was a good game. It was fun, but like it, it's not necessarily anything I haven't. No, I wasn't talking about Wolfenstein. Too. He's talking about you. Destiny He's too. No, I, I want to get I want to give Wolfenstein some love here. I guess uh, I will say that good. good. It, it it would be in my top ten, but it, it doesn't do anything new as far as like gameplay mechanics go. It was more of the the uh, over the top type of storytelling and pacing of that story that I enjoyed in that game, which um, led me to want to finish that game and see it through to the end. Um, and of course, all the characters in that game are, um, very unique. Um, but yeah, Destiny 2. Yeah, the, it would have been my narr- my narrative runner up for sure, Wolfenstein. I hated the gameplay and that story was enough to carry me through because it was mm-hmm. so fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my bone fish. Like, I, I'm happy to see you give love to Resident Evil, obviously, and I'm happy to see you give love to... Uh, I'm sorry, your number four was Battlegrounds. But I know you intimately, and the amount of time you talked about, played, and obsessed over Destiny 2. Now, I'm I'm glad you broke the curse, because I don't, you know, it's no fun to see someone just playing that slog forever. But it didn't make even your top five? Like, I just, it feels impossible. Well, it's like you said, like, you don't want to go through that slog again. I mean... It it really does feel like a continuation of Destiny 1 with different names for your stats, I guess. Like, they took out Intellect, Discipline, and, um, fuck, what's the other one? I mean, they, they did a bunch. <laughs> uh, I don't rely on luck in that game, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's a pure skill. set them up. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. They it, actually it, added luck into Destiny 2, which is why I didn't <laughs> like it as much. I think they took it out because, like, yeah. within the first month, like, I had just about every exotic in that game. You like, played it for a month! Yeah. Religiously! Ex- well, you played and, Fire Emblem's Heroes for multiple months, and it didn't crack your top five. That ideology doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because when I look back on the game, I felt gross about it. And that's how Fish feels. I do he, kind of feel gross Destiny about this. Oh, for, for a month, and then he took a shower, and, uh, <laughs> and now yeah. he doesn't want to talk back about that time. But No, yeah. we don't. Well, it, it was fun. It was definitely fun. I love the public events. Like, some of my best, like, personal, like, um gaming moments was like play with um you morgan doing the public events was definitely fun doing those online but like that kind of lost its luster after you've done you know the same four or five different public events in each each place um or in at, at each locale that you come come up on um i don't know it, it's 
I don't know. The the, the right. new the new exotics didn't really catch me. Like none of the exotics were like. At the wait at the beginning, there was me. literally like a month ago where you were talking about having it being your game of the year. I that's I feel I I don't know. It's your list. I'm not here to discredit your list. It's your yeah, list. You're trying I just to. Feel like you're, you're trying. I just feel like you're, you're being trying. unnecessarily rough. I, to, I, 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 well, I'm being honest with myself. Like I don't think that game deserves to be on my top five. Um, and like it, it probably could crack my top ten list at ten, but maybe not. Um, like I didn't go that far down there. Um, yeah, I just I, I I don't I don't know. Like I had nothing against the game. It's just it was just more of the same of Destiny, and I I guess I'm not. It, it just doesn't do it any anymore for me. Like I I didn't even buy the expansion. Like, I wasn't that excited to go out and get the expansion. And then after hearing, like, people upset about it, like, I feel like Activision had too much of their hand on this one in there. Like, I really wish Bungie could just really flex their own muscle and be set free from the publisher of Activision and do what they want in this game instead of being, you know, having to put essentially loot boxes in this game. And, you know, uh, hiding some of the, even though a lot of it's cosmetic, like shaders and emotes and your know, ships and sparrows, um, it, I, I, I just feel like it, there's been too much conf- controversy in this game that's also kind of soured me on it. And I, I feel like they could do a better job of like making a sequel to Destiny. Um, and I don't know. I I'm surprised. I I the only reason it didn't make my list is because I think Zer kind of breaks the game. I mean, I don't like the idea that you can just buy exotics from a character in the game for basically nothing. Um, like I can't tell you the amount of times well, I found a cool exotic and he was just selling them the next week. So um, yeah, well he's he's been in the first one as well. Like yeah, and, like what, in the second one, like his role was li- like limited down to the point where it was like what is what is even the point of buying exotics from sir you're eventually gonna if you keep continue playing this game you're eventually gonna come across those exotics if you really want those exotics you could go out there and buy it no but that's the point you if you don't have it you just buy it sucks stop beating this horse morgan no that's not true that if you do it the point is i got a special gun and they sell it the next week it devalues my experience because I could have just not played the game and bought it. And you never want to be in a situation like that when you can just buy everything. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to buy a bunch of Bright Ingrams because they wanted a certain emote. You did. You bought Bright Ingrams with your own money. I bought, yeah, I spent $10 on this game because I, I liked the opening and then the first chance you, you could buy something, like, I wanted to throw a little bit of money at them. Not because I wanted something from it. I just wanted to give them a little extra of all my right, money. Right. Okay? okay. I, I, I'm I'm not going to interrogate you any further. I'm not going to interrogate you any further. I, it is what it is. I, I love Destiny. I love Destiny. I love it, yeah, well, but... I love it. They, they, I, the, the campaign was fine. I like that it was more cohesive, but it just felt too mainstream, and like they didn't open up 
the world and the lore. They didn't take that rich lore that they have there, that mystique that Destiny 1 had of, like, vagueness and not really telling you what's going on in the in the in this galaxy um uh, yeah i've i, I look right. forward and to it's your list you gotta live with the list i only have to confront you because i'm your like one of your closest friends and i've i know the things you've said so i am surprised our listeners might also be surprised but you know what mm. it's your list at the end of the day yeah. we can move on you don't yeah. have, you know number I'm, six number six on my list was actually mario odyssey Oh my god. Okay, now this is getting out of control. What? This is, what? This is insane. You Mario played Odyssey Destiny for great. months. Oh god. I played Mario Odyssey for like two weeks. This just doesn't add you played Destiny for two months. Mm. Till six in the morning every day. It was a podcast no. joke. No. Not six in the morning. The Pizza Bros. Mm-hmm. It's legend. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to live with that choice, not me. I, I feel like I'm, this is. I'm perfectly fine with it, Morgan. I'm at ease right, with it. Right, why? Right. Why? You, do you want me to take number five off my list? And no, I just I what, thought what, it was you, literally. You, I thought it was literally gonna be your number one. Why? Your number one. You, because you, you talk about why, it. Why all the do time. you care so much? He doesn't so have much. faith in you, fish. He doesn't have faith in you, fish. I. He thinks I, you're a fucking that's, addict. That's what it sounds. He doesn't like trust you to have an original thought in your head. No, I just you feel like it, Josh. It's not that it's not number one. It's just like I. The, it's just some of the games that he put ahead of it just are just surprising to me. I, I feel like it's almost like a dig at Destiny because it sort of like has a sour taste in his mouth. But I think it's. I think it's easy to forget the fun we have of something just because the end of it can be kind of nasty. It's like a relationship. I, My I divorce think, was awful. I, I, right? I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that. Listen to what he said about the story, though. He said that it was fine. He didn't say it was great. He didn't say it was good. He didn't say he enjoyed it. He said it was fine. That is not a strong response to a game at all. Like, if if I said a game was fine and I put it as number one, you would be giving me shit for putting a game that I felt tepid about so high. That makes sense to me. On top of that, a part of the gaming experience is how it affects you in the long term as well as the short term. Sure, you're right that to some degree... We can forget about the the fun that we had and the good memorable experiences, but it's all about how it sticks with you in the long term, you know, and you're comparing it to a relationship. I'm not going to go down that road, but that that would be an easy comparison. But yeah, it just, for me, it makes perfect sense that, you know, he's moved, he's moved away from this iteration of the game. He has his good memories of Destiny 1. Destiny 2 didn't quite do it for him. And he enjoyed other experiences more, and that's perfectly okay. It it shouldn't be dependent on how much how much time you put into it. It should be how memorable those experiences are. At the end of the day, yeah. And those experiences, um, I enjoyed them, but they just that this game didn't quite. There was too many. Like Josh said, there's way too many good games that came out this year. Like, and for me to take a game that, to me, felt like almost just like an expansion to Destiny One, um, not even a good one at that. The, yeah, it's no way I could put that yeah. over these games that I have on my list right now. There's no way. I mean, it's it's a comfort game for me. Like at when I was playing through Destiny Two. I enjoyed that everything was felt new 
and new exotics, new weapons, new weapons to collect. But once once I got all those weapons, uh, it just felt empty to me at that point. Like I didn't want to run strikes over and over again. Well, that's um, what I'm saying. That's end game. Like I just, I just feel the only reason I'm giving shit fish and we can move on. I'm not. That's fine. I respect his decision. It's his list. I'm just saying. I, I feel like sometimes in life we can be too critical about the end of something as opposed and the journey. Like. I can look back on my relationship and be like, oh, I got a divorce. And if I remember the end of that, it was a disaster. But it's easy for me to forget that the first five years or three years or whatever were great. So I feel like maybe that the bad taste it left in his mouth in the end game is it's just it's, it's this is the most shocking thing I could have possibly imagined I'd hear ever in the history of game of the year. Really, I um, fully expected this for the past you're month. Welcome, <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Uh, let's see. So, runners up. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about, runners up wise, Fish? Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, all, all the all the positive stuff that you guys said about it, uh, I would agree with. Um, the game. That's about it. Yeah, Mario Odyssey, okay. of course. Um, um yeah. I'm uh, so one thing I want to mention about Near. I was looking up a lot of stuff with Near lately because you hear about Near everywhere right now. Every major public gaming site is talking about that game, and that game is deeply flawed. Um, and most people say to get the full emotional impact, you have to play the game like five fucking times or however many innings there are. And that's crazy because the game has a lot of serious problems I've talked about in the past on this, but there is something intriguing about it. And I'm, I would hate, I, I just have a weird feeling I'm going to finish that game next year sometime, all the endings, and then be like, man, I really liked the spirit of that game. Um, it reminded me a lot of like when we were younger, we'd play all those weird square games like uh, Vagrant Story and, and Wild Arms. Well, Wild Arms wasn't square, but it just there's a spirit to that game that you don't really see a lot now um, that I really appreciate. But that game is really fucked up. But I'm going to try and power through it because it's an interesting game to talk about. And maybe you guys will as well one day. Uh, really other brief, quick, quick, quick runner-ups. I had... Um, Destiny 2, I, the art direction was incredible. Uh, yeah, the story wasn't the greatest thing in the world and it kind of fell off through at the end, but the, the gameplay was tight. I had a lot of fun playing with Fish for that period that we did. And the music, it won music, best music for me and Fish. And that game is gorgeous and just fun to play. So I agree with Fish that the end of it felt kind of um, hollow, but that the reason it didn't make my list is because I think that Zer basically breaks the entire point of the game. Like once you have somewhere you can just oh buy the God. loot. The loot um, is literally the worst part of that game, and you're still hung up on it. Like, well, it's that, the gunplay well, makes or breaks that game, and the gunplay is worse than the original game. That's, well, that's, that's not why true. this that's, that's, hasn't worked. That's crazy. That's crazy. If you're gonna have loot, it should feel special. If you don't want loot, that's fine, Josh. Get rid of it all together. I'm not. I'm not trying to say you have to have one or the other. But if you're gonna make a loot game, it has to feel special. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much it. Mario was a lot of fun, but it's another Mario game. Um, and uh, through and through. And uh, trying to think if there's anything else that I made our, that rounded out the edges here. Edith Finch. Edith Finch was really cool. That would have been like seven or eight on my list. Um, 
half of the stories in that game were really impactful, like the baby in the bathtub, the cannery scene, the swing scene, and then half of them were just ridiculous, including the snake thing. We have no idea how, why that girl died. Probably something ridiculous and stupid, but they're implying that something happened there, and it's like almost irritating. Some of them were just clunky and stupid, like the cat and all that. So, like half of the vignettes in that game were just garbage, uh, but half of them were what? incredible. No, I wouldn't agree with that. Garbage? Yeah, not at all. Garbage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? There were some that were like not. They didn't even take the time to flesh out an, uh, a scene. Like the stupid one where the girl falls off the cliff. It's like the most corny looking thing ever. Like where the deer is supposed to like knock. It's. I mean, you mean the you mean the no. father, not the girl. Yeah, the, father. yeah the, the deer warfare? knocks the. F- that was it's that happens though. That that's something realistic. <sighs> like a hunter like posing with his g- newly killed game, and like they're not dead, and they they're standing. They want to get a great shot, like. That whole vignette, like, it, it was told through pictures, and I thought that was just fucking amazing. Like, like it, it was unique because, like... Fucking amazing? Yes. Amazing? Yes. I don't even remember Amaz- who died in that scene. I think it's yeah, odd that you have an issue real. with it. I'd Go rather back watch, and play that game, Morgan. I'd rather watch Maybe. Gaul kick somebody off a fucking cliff. It's, it's only two hours long. Go play it again. I'm never touching that game again. That's for Ugh. sure. You sicken me. You're... you're Destiny hate sickens me. <laughs> um, I love you. It still would have made my top ten because you know <laughs> half of it, half of it was all right. Um, 